0: And movie spoilers, you've been warned.
1: Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Twilight. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. Uh, What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Bloody Mary today. Oh, nice. Because of vampires. Duh. Come on, man. Trying to get in the spirit. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Perfect. Also with this is uh, Elizabeth. How you doing, Elizabeth?
0: Good. Good.
1: Uh, what are you drinking today?
0: I'm having a bloody beer with a Dos Equis lime and salt. Ah,
1: perfect, perfect. And uh, rounding out the panel today is Melissa. Welcome back, Melissa.
2: Hi, Kerwin.
1: Uh How are you and what are you drinking?
2: I'm well. I'm drinking a bloody beer uh, with a uh, Stone Vista. Ah, perfect. Buenavisa? Well,
1: <laughs> hey, you know what, guys? Um, it's Valentine's Day. And uh, what better way to celebrate this glorious holiday, this celebration of love and affection, than to review one of the greatest romance stories of all time, <laughs> Twilight. Yes. Yeah, so we are going to talk about Twilight today, uh, released November 21st, 2008. It stars Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, Billy Burke, and Peter Facinelli. It's directed by Katherine Hardwick, and it's distributed by Summit Entertainment. Let's talk about our experience. Elizabeth, what is your experience with Twilight
0: I think Melissa made me watch these many moons ago get it moons (laughs) and um, I was not a huge fan back then but you know when your bestie wants to watch something you watch it Uh, and then for re-watching it I of course had Jason watch it with me which he was super thrilled about. I thought I was excited to be on this podcast. Jason was even more excited. Could not control his excitement. Um, So we watched it, which day? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday night. And Jason just kept his eyes glued to the screen. I mean, he was like, hey, get off your phone. Like, we we need to be fully into this movie. And I was like, you know what, you're right so we watched it we enjoyed it we wrote down some things and yeah that was our experience well mine
1: uh my experience with this movie um i'd never seen twilight before and so i watched this movie on netflix uh it's been on netflix since i think summer last year and thank goodness i watched this on netflix on uh the 14th because we talked about this jason Mm -hmm. every time we watch a movie to review it it's always been free it's free all damn year long and the time we finally decide to review it it's taken off and we have to rent it Mm -hmm. so like i i go on netflix and it says twilight will be taken off of netflix tomorrow and so i had to text you elizabeth and i was like hey fyi yo twilight's gonna get taken off netflix um, so, um, thankfully I didn't have to pay for this movie. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, uh, watched it with my girlfriend. She knows more about Twilight than I do. So it was helpful having her around and, uh, you know what? I'll save uh, what I got to say for trash and treasure. Uh, Melissa, uh, what is your experience with Twilight?
2: Uh, well, I love Twilight. Big fan, huge fan, read all the books uh, I definitely did make Elizabeth come with me to watch it, but uh, that didn't stop me from watching it multiple times in the movie theaters, too. Like I said, I did read all the books, and I wasn't expecting too too much from the movie, but I did love the movie. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it, though. Oh,
1: perfect. <laughs> um, and uh, last but certainly not least, Jason, tell us about your life-changing, soul-altering, and heart-opening experience watching Twilight.
3: Thanks, Carolyn. Um, so I know you text. I think you text me as well, but you definitely text Elizabeth about it going off of Netflix. So can you guess when we watched it? The day it went off Netflix. <laughs> yeah, the first day it was not on Netflix. So we got to, we got to pay it was it three ninety nine to watch this um, masterpiece. <laughs> but um, no, no, no. Uh, so yeah, we we had to rent it on Amazon or some shit and. We sat there and watched it, and I was kind of like in and out, like paying attention to it. And uh, Yeah, I, I had to save a lot of what I had to say about this movie for Trash and Treasure. But yeah, I mean, we sat here and watched it, and we, we're still alive, we're still here, uh, and it's a movie. You
1: gotta <laughs> save what you gotta say, because there's just so much damn treasure.
3: <laughs> I mean, when you, when you take notes for a movie, like, it's crazy, because it's usually split. Like, you have some trash, some treasure. This one, dude, I'm telling you, all treasure.
1: Sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Um, All right. Cool. So uh, before we get into behind the scenes, uh, I will hit us with the financials. Um, Yeah. I'm never going to get used to that. Um, So Twilight, Uh, the budget for this movie was uh, $37 million. Uh, As far as the box office goes, this movie opened in the US on November 21st, 2008 in theaters. And it's opening weekend, it made uh, 69.6 million in the US. Uh, It's weekend of release, it came in at number one. The top 10 that weekend was uh, number 10, The Secret Life of Bees at 1.2 million. Uh, Number nine, uh, Zach and Miri Make a Porno at 1.6 million. Uh, Number eight, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas at 1.64 million. Number seven, High School Musical 3, uh, making $2 million. Number six, we got Changeling at $2.7 million. Number five, Role Models, which uh, made $7.3 million that weekend. Number four, Madagascar Escape to Africa, which made $15.6 million. Number three was Bolt at $26.2 million. Number two uh, that weekend was Quantum of Solace at a two, uh, $26.7 million. So like 007, like knowing that, I feel so old knowing that this movie came out in 2008, <laughs> and then uh, of course Twilight. You know, number one, making that 69.6 million. Yes. Uh, this movie was in theaters for 413 days, uh, playing in a total of 3,649 uh, United States theaters during its run, for a total domestic gross of 192.7 million. Its total international gross was uh, 214.4 million, and its total worldwide gross uh, was 407.1 million. Uh, as far as home release goes, uh, the home release for Twilight was dropped March 22nd, 2009. And during its first week, Twilight sold 3.4 million units, all DVD at the time, for a total gross of 61.3 million just in the first week off DVD sales. So this movie made more than its production budget in the first week just off the back of DVDs. And the DVD, uh, the, the money it made from DVD sales, almost matched its first week numbers for theaters. So this literally could've gone direct to DVD and made the same amount of money, which is insane. insane. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Twilight is a franchise, so uh, according to the numbers, the Twilight franchise overall has earned uh, $3.3 billion worldwide, putting it at number 18 on the all-time franchise international box office earnings list, directly behind Shrek at $3.5 billion. Uh, So, (laughs) (laughs) hey, we love Shrek. Um, and I'll give you the top five franchises right now based on international earnings. Number five, we got James Bond at uh, seven point eight billion. Uh, number four, Spider-Man. So just the Spider-Man movies, and I'm I'm assuming including like Homecoming, Far From Home, No Way Home. Uh, that's made at eight billion. Harry Potter at number three with uh, $9.2 billion. Uh, Number two is Star Wars making uh, $10.3 billion. And number one is uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe making $25.3 billion. Yeah, so uh, that's it for the financials on Twilight. Uh, Jason, why don't you tell us what the people thought? So
3: according to Rotten Tomatoes, um, 49% of the critics liked it, giving an average rating of 5.4 out of 10. Uh, There's 224 ratings. The audience, uh, 73% of the audience gave it a 3.5 out of five or higher with an average rating of 3.9 out of five. So, audience liked it a lot better than the critics. Um, There are some funny quotes, or sorry, um, reviews of this movie in uh, Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) This one makes me laugh. Uh, Mark Savlov from uh, the Austin Chronicle uh, he gave it a rotten rating. He says, quote, I've had mosquito bites that were more passionate than this undead, unrequited, and altogether unfun pseudo-romantic riff on Romeo and Juliet. End quote. I don't think he liked it. I mean, he's on the fence. <laughs> um, but I'll be fair. Uh, Ann Cohen, uh, Refinery29, gave it a positive review, saying, 10 years after its release, Twilight stands as a powerful, darkly stylish depiction of teen female desire. End quote. So the reviews she, are all She the definitely puts.
2: rang or read the book, I mean. Yeah. Hmm.
3: Yeah, I think so. Let's do one more funny one, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, Manola Darges from the New York Times uh, gave it a rotten rating, saying, quote, A deeply sincere, outright goofy vampire romance for the hot, not to trot, abstinence set, end quote. So doesn't like it either. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Um, So that was Rotten Tomatoes IMDb. Average rating was 5.2 out of 10. There was over 448,000 reviews. Uh, The demos are kind of all over the place in this one. So the highest rating were from females 45 and over with a 6.5 out of 10. The lowest were males, 18 to 29, with a 4.8 out of 10. Everyone else in the middle, kind of all around it. Males overall were 4.9, females overall were 5.9. So it seems like everyone's given about a 50% or so.
1: It's so weird to me. Like, I would think that based on like when it came out, I would say females, like teens to maybe early 20s, would rate it higher. And I would say, based on if, you know, anybody kind of went back, I would say, I would also say females maybe like late 20s to early 40s would also rate it cuz I feel like they were the demographic back in 2004 or 5 when the novel came out that this would have hit the hardest. So I'm actually surprised that like the average rating is that low for those particular demographics.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know better than I do, but cuz I, I don't care about this movie.
2: Well, I did see it when I was <laughs> gosh. the movie came out in 2008 so I saw it when I was 21 so yeah I think I feel like I meet the demographic we meet the demographic right (laughs) yeah
3: that is interesting too like do you think that the ratings like when they put them in here do they ask age and then as this goes over time does it like change or is it at that moment in time
1: I think I think it'll record it at that moment in time and then like you know so let's say like i review transformers and i was what 18 when it came out right yeah and then you know i gave it like a like a 10 because i was like oh my god transformers are on screen and then you know i come back as a 33 year old man
4: (laughs) what the fuck?
1: (laughs) i come back as a 33 year old and i give transformers like a 6 out of 10 or something like i don't think it'll track the user's like age and like alter the demographic i think it'll just do it like at the point in time in Mm -hmm. which you rated it
3: so lastly i'm just looking at how many people put, gave it a one, two, three, four, five? It's pretty funny. It's like split. Like 13% of the audience gave it a one. And then 13.6% of the reviewers gave it a 10. And then right in the middle, the most was at a six. Like right in the middle. But mm. I don't know. I just thought it was funny because they're all kind of like a lot lower. But the majority is like either they really loved it or they fucking despised <laughs> this goddamn travesty <laughs> of a movie.
4: Oh my
3: gosh. But yeah, that's it for the reviews.
4: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
1: All right, thank you, Jason, for shedding some Twilight on uh, the reviewers' uh, responses. Uh, let's get into behind the scenes. Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, uh, there's uh, so much crap out there for this movie. Uh, you know, we try to do it the best we can, but um, there isn't enough time in the day, week, year, or decade to like figure out uh, how much Twilight stuff there is. So we are going to miss some stuff. We're going to get some stuff wrong. And, you know... If you find something, start your own show and you can tell us, please. Um, So let's get into uh, the novel, writing the story. So Twilight is a young adult fantasy romance novel series uh, created by novelist Stephanie Meyer. Uh, She was born in December 1973 and attended and graduated from BYU with a degree in English in 1997. Uh, According to Meyer, on her own personal website, stephaniemeyer.com, she remembers the exact date that she started working on Twilight, June 2nd, 2003. Up to that point, she had never really written anything serious, except for a few other incomplete stories. Uh, At one point, she considered going to law school because she felt she'd never actually become a writer, and according to a Times Online article, her only real job before writing the series was as a receptionist at a property company. Uh, She says that she woke up on June 2nd, 2003 from a, uh, quote, very vivid dream in which, quote, uh, two people were having an intense conversation in a meadow in the woods. One of these people was just her average girl and the other person was a fantastically beautiful, sparkly vampire. Uh, More specifically, they are falling in love, but the vampire was having a really difficult time restraining himself from killing her. According to Meyer, uh, chapter 13 of the first book is basically a transcript of her dream. And, uh, you know, regarding that portion of the story, the the two people in the meadow, um, she actually completed the story from that point, then went back and wrote everything leading up to it. So she wrote the second half of Twilight first, then went back and wrote the first half up until the meadow scene, which I thought was pretty interesting. So
3: can we go back for a second, though? You were saying she only wrote like a couple incomplete stories before writing this. Mm -hmm. So her first crack at it, like she hits the jackpot. Yeah, it's insane.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. gotta take a writing class I I gotta I gotta write something yeah the bar
0: is pretty low
3: or take some hallucinogenics and have some very vivid dreams
1: of people in meadows and shit like the bar is so low it's at the center of the earth like (laughs) that's how low the bar is guys um Meyer was intent on uh, actually putting her dream to page so she wouldn't forget it and uh, she devoted herself entirely to completing it Uh, every day after she took care of her kids she made sure to sit down and write something anything even if it was only a page or two mostly writing at night either in a notebook or on the computer Uh, She even says that her husband got mad at her saying, you know, you never sleep. You don't talk to me. I never get to use the computer. And he was kind of concerned with what she was doing. And she just kind of responded that she was just writing something for fun. You know, little did they know that, you know, old boy would be able to retire and take care of the three kids. Uh, based off of the success of her novels. So, you know, it worked out for him. Now he gets to use the computer whenever he wants. Yes.
3: He might even have his own computer at this point.
1: (laughs) Hey, dude, hey. you You know, men, we're coming up in the world. You know, women didn't let us have our own computers. But, you know, society has really progressed, you know. And, you know, we finally have computers of our own magical time. It is. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Uh, According to Meyer, she didn't have names for her main pair, initially referring to them as he and she. Eventually uh, Meyer settled on the name Edward for Edward, Uh, but the female's character name was uh, harder to come up with. Uh, She says that uh, quote, after spending so much time with this character, I loved her like a daughter and no name was good enough. Finally inspired by that love, I gave her the name I was saving for my own daughter Isabella. Uh, after about three months She finished writing the story, and it was uh, her older sister, Emily, that convinced her to get Twilight published. Uh, Stephanie Meyer knew nothing about publishing and was so intimidated by the real-world process that she almost gave up, but it was her love for the characters she created and her desire to share this story with others that kept her going. Uh, She sent out about 15 queries to publishers uh, and got about eight rejections back and a few no replies, but uh, finally got a positive response from an assistant at a publisher known as a writer's house who loved the first three chapters she sent over. After that, she connected with literary agent Jody Reamer, who helped her get a three book deal with publisher Little Brown and Company worth about $750,000. Uh, and Stephanie Meyer says that all this happened, so having the dream, conceiving the story, writing the story, and getting it officially published, getting that deal, all happened in six months. It took her three months to write the book, and then three months later, she had a you know, three quarter mil deal.
3: That's crazy, man.
1: Yeah. It's insane. Mm. I don't have any puns for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the first book in the series, Twilight, was released in fall 2005, and eventually Stephanie Meyer would go on to write a total of six books in the series, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, Life and Death, which is a uh, retelling of Twilight with a uh, gender swap protagonist, Edith and Bo, and uh, finally Midnight Sun, released in 2020, which retells the events of Twilight from uh, Edward's point of view. Uh, according to Wikipedia, as of 2022, uh, the Twilight series has a, uh, as a whole has sold approximately 160 million copies worldwide, being translated into 20 languages and published in 34 countries. It currently sits at number 14 on the list of best-selling book series of all time, and the top five best-selling book series of all time are number five, Choose Your Own Adventure, at 250 million. Uh, Berenstein Bears at 260 million, uh, Perry Mason, which I did not know was a book series. I thought it was a TV show. Uh, at 300 million, uh, number two, Goosebumps at 350 million, and then of course number one, Harry Potter at 500 million. So, no Fifty Shades there. Mm, kind of disappointed. Uh, <laughs> lastly, I'm surprised that it's not in there. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. that's what she said. <laughs> You almost missed it. You almost missed it. It was like halfway through saying honestly, I was like, no, no, it <laughs> <laughs> Oh my uh, uh, Lastly, in uh, 2020, the Associated Press revealed that uh, Meyer is planning at least two more books in the Twilight series, despite previously saying she'd never write another Twilight book. Uh, she says that she's already got them outlined, but wants to do something brand new in the meantime. And I believe she's worked on other books... No. Um, like uh, the chemist and the host, I think those are two of her other novels, which actually sold pretty well as well. So, you know, she's got other stuff outside of Twilight, which is which is cool. Let's move on to the movie's Um, development. Uh, As far as the movie goes, Twilight was originally at Paramount in 2004 under the MTV Films production banner, Uh, but they wanted to change the story so much that Stephanie Meyer said that it had nothing to do with the book. Uh, They wanted to include night vision goggles. They wanted to make Bella a track star, have her kill vampires with a shotgun, kill her dad at one point, and uh a bunch of other things in order to appeal to a male audience and the executives at paramount were so sure that uh young adult adaptations particularly those with uh vampires and werewolves absolutely would not sell they wanted to turn this they basically wanted to turn this into like blade or tomb raider or something at some point
3: almost like a zombie land where it's like kind of goofy and shit yes yeah
1: exactly yeah And then uh, eventually this project got put into turnaround, and soon it was picked up at Summit Entertainment, who Meyer felt was a much better fit, with a president of production, Eric Feig, assuring her that the movie they would make would be much closer to her vision, even allowing her to create a Bible for the production that would dictate the elements of the book that absolutely could not be changed uh, in the film adaptation. So things like, um, you know, uh, the vampires being able to be out in daytime, uh, being able to sparkle and shit. them not having uh, irregular fangs like you see in most vampire movies, like which characters uh, they can and cannot kill and what things should only happen in the first movie, etc. So they actually let her do that, which, which I think is pretty cool. Like, you know, often we hear about source material creators button heads with the studio and stuff like that. So, you know, however you feel about the movie, I appreciate that they were willing to play ball with her and actually saw value in what she created. And, you know, they said, you know what this book is selling? Like, what's wrong with sticking to the book? You know what I'm saying? So, um, the director on this movie is Catherine Hardwick. Uh, She's worked on 13, Lords of Dogtown, and uh, Miss Bala. The writer on this movie is Melissa Rosenberg. She is the writer on the entire Twilight franchise of films. And outside of this, she also wrote another classic, Step Up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah uh channing Tatum. yes
2: oh okay, okay but uh outside of that
1: uh she's worked on a ton of tv shows so she's worked on dr quinn medicine woman Ally McBeal, uh birds of prey uh she was the writer and executive producer on dexter and the oc and she's the showrunner on uh, jessica jones on netflix so she mm-hmm. yeah she did that whole thing so like she like dexter oc and, and jessica jones are all her After getting hired in 2007, Rosenberg worked really hard to finish the Twilight script due to the upcoming uh, Writers Guild of America strike in November 2007, and she finished it with the director in just six weeks. Uh, The original novel was super long, so Rosenberg had to condense a lot of it down. Uh, For example, uh, Stephanie Meyer's book was 130,000 words long, and... Most young adult books are only forty to 60,000 words long, so her book was, like, insanely long. And then uh, Rosenberg made it a point to not adapt this novel word for word, but still keep, you know, the essence of the characters and their arcs intact. So that was her main goal uh, as far as condensing the novel to to movie form. Uh, And as far as Stephanie Meyer's involvement, uh, the studio made sure that, A, they'd uh, take her input. Uh, and be as faithful to the book as possible, while B, making sure that this works on screen above all else. Uh, Producer Greg uh, Meridian says uh, in an interview that, quote, we're here to make Twilight the movie, not Twilight the book the movie. So, you know, I appreciate that that they kind of went into it. Like most adaptations, they go one way where it's like super stripped down and it's an hour and a half long and it doesn't capture anything. And then you have other adaptations that are so literal, you're just kind of like, this doesn't really translate well to film. So, there was a great working relationship between the filmmakers and the author, but there was one thing that, uh, Stephanie Meyer fought hard to keep in the movie, uh, in an about.com interview, she mentions the line, uh, quote, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb and how Rosenberg actually wrote a better version of that for the film. But the only problem with that was that so many fans recognize this line in a specific way from the novel with some even getting it tattooed on them, that if you change the line in the movie, there's a large potential for backlash. So, you know, she's keeping an eye out for the fans, yeah.
3: I think Melissa has that tattoo. (laughs)
1: Way.
2: I contemplated it. What? (laughs) Oh. Or the family crest, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know about that.
1: Nah, I don't know. But
2: they, in the book, um, they have a family crest and they all wear it in some form in the movie. So, like, they all have, like, a bracelet that has that family crest or, like, a necklace. Uh, but they don't really talk about it in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they missed out
1: on that part. <laughs> so when are you going to get this tattooed on you?
2: Well, I do have uh, a pillow with it, a pillowcase with the family crest. I have a throw blanket that has Robert Panson on it.
1: <laughs> hey, ain't nothing wrong hey, with that.
2: I, I'm not ashamed of it
1: at all. <laughs> hey, hey, don't be ashamed. Hey, shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I do have small pieces of the movie in my house currently.
1: Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. We're all we're all fans of different things, so it's all yeah. good. It's all good.
2: It's cause you guys didn't read the books, that's why.
3: I know that that's what I'm really missing here. If I read the books, completely different outlook on Oh this. dude,
1: I'd be I'd be dressed like oh that one gosh. black guy in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'd be dressed
0: as. That would have been Jason's first tattoo, (laughs) the family crest.
1: I thought you meant the one black guy. I know. It's like, what, what tattoo is that? Oh, it's the one black guy from Twilight. Oh, dude, that's I'm a huge sick. fan. Oh, that's so sick. Like just just walking around like the store or something, or just out in public, like, oh dude, is that the one black guy from Twilight? That's so cool, bro. Sick tattoo. I thought about getting that, but my girl told me not to. Um, but yeah, I heard only real fans get that. Yeah, that's how you know there's a real fan. Oh. One black guy from Twilight. That motherfucker's holding it down. Moving on to the cast. <laughs> Moving on to the cast. Um, I didn't find much about a lot of the actors in this movie, so we're just going to focus on uh, Bella and Jacob, since I'm pretty sure, you know, as time goes on, we're going to get more information about, uh, you know, the other people in this movie.
3: You mean but, Bella and Edward?
1: Oh, who'd I say? Jacob. Jacob. Oh, shit. I'm sorry my bad
0: oh, how dare you
1: the number one up. twilight fan over here
0: you're you're getting you're getting ahead of yourself in the moon phase here i don't
1: know why i wrote oh uh, yeah i don't know why i wrote jacob but anyway um, was almost like climbed over the table yes it's because you're
0: like... it's because you're team jacob it's okay she almost
1: like strangled me <laughs> dude, i
0: almost hissed are you team jacob
1: i i don't know enough about the dude to be team anything oh, okay. yeah you,
0: here's the thing you don't have to know anything about anything to pick a side people do it all the time
1: (laughs) the only thing I know is that I'm team cap in Civil War that's all I know yeah that's all I know Um, but yeah so you know I didn't find much about anybody else so we'll just stick with uh, Bella and Edward So we got Kristen Stewart as Bella. Uh, Kristen Stewart uh, was already an established actress at this point in her career. Other movies she's been in are Panic Room, Charlie's Angels, Adventureland, and Spencer. Uh, Stephanie Meyer originally wanted Emily Browning to play Bella. Emily Browning was in uh, Sucker Punch, Sleeping Beauty, and Pompeii. According to CheatSheet.com, Stewart wasn't 100% sure about being involved with a project that would impact so many young women, saying after reading the synopsis that, quote, I don't want to be a part of something that represents a completely ideological idea of love to young girls and puts their female heroine in a position that is subject to this man, and she's happy with that. Uh, end quote. But after she read the actual script uh, She changed her mind Stewart was recommended to Catherine Hardwick By Emile Hirsch Who starred in Lords of Dogtown Which uh, Hardwick directed And he also starred with um, Kristen Stewart In Into the Wild uh, Kristen, yeah. Stewart was, uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Stewart was yeah, uh, Kristen Stewart was working on set Or working on the set of Adventureland Which came out the same year as Twilight I believe When uh, Catherine Hardwick came to visit her For a screen test And uh, she got the job after that uh, moving on, we got Edward, you know, played by Robert Pattinson. Uh, we know Pattinson as our new Batman, but uh, he was also Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter. And he was also in Good Time, yeah. which we reviewed and tended. Uh There was a lot of pressure on the filmmakers to get this cast in right because Meyer had characterized Edward Cullen as, quote, the perfect man and that there were very few actors who can look both dangerous and beautiful at the same time. Uh, author stephanie meyer's first choice to play edward was henry cavill you know we know him as superman uh and if dc ever decides to make a, another move with him they'd be smart because they're fucking dumb wasting his time it's been like a decade since man of steel i don't know it's pissing me off uh and he's also uh in the witcher he's also the bad guy in mission impossible fallout a twist that nobody saw coming oh yeah at it's, all yeah Yeah, I mean, you you just, I was shocked in the theater. I I stood up and I was like, whoo, he's a bad guy. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, And uh, so if you're wondering why we didn't get Henry Cavill as uh, Edward Cullen, it's because he was too old. Uh, He was 24 and they needed somebody who actually looked like they could pass as a uh, 17-year-old high school student at the time. Henry Cavill was also offered the role of Carlisle Cullen, but he turned it down because he was working on the uh, the Showtime series, uh, The Tudors. Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Tudors? Two Doors? Two Door Cinema Club? I don't know. uh, At the time. Uh, Meyer says that the actors that were most suggested by her fans were Hayden Christensen, uh, Orlando Bloom, and uh, Gerard Way. And uh, also Robert Pattinson was suggested. Uh, Jackson Rathbone, who plays Jasper in the movie, uh, almost got the Edward role himself. Robert Pattinson admits that he'd never read or even heard of Twilight before auditioning. He only did it because his agent told him to, and he liked Kristen Stewart's performance in Into the Wild. Uh, Pattinson's audition for this role was a chemistry read at uh, the director's home. And for the read, they made out uh, on the director Catherine Hardwick's bed.
2: (laughs) That's awkward.
1: <laughs> and uh, apparently it got so intense that uh, Pattinson fell off the bed. And according to a Glamour.com article, uh, this session is what impressed the director and Stewart the most. Uh, fun fact, Pattinson was 21 and Stewart was 17 at the time. And Hardwick was a little more than concerned that Yikes. their kiss was, uh, quote, illegal based on how into the chemistry read they were getting. So she had to warn Pattinson <laughs> about... Kristen Stewart's age just in case things progressed in any sort of manner. But uh, I did find out on IMDb that Kristen Stewart did turn 18 during production, whatever that means. Uh, After three takes...
2: (laughs) That would not fly this day. Oh, no. Absolutely not. No.
1: Everybody's... Everybody playing a high schooler is 30. Yes. Yeah, It wouldn't happen. (laughs) Um, So after three takes at the chemistry read, it was Stewart who told the director that Pattinson was the only actor right for the role and they decided to go with him. Uh, Robert Pattinson was announced as Edward Cullen on December 11th, 2007, and there was uh, some fan backlash to his casting. Even uh, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, who played Harry Potter, felt that Pattinson had way more pressure to deal with, you know, with his involvement in Twilight uh, than he ever had to deal with for Harry Potter. Because for Harry Potter, you know, it was kind of building while while they were making the films and the books were still being written. You know, same thing with Twilight, but, like, Twilight had, like, a rabid fan base before the movies even got made. So, like, right. there were, there were like, so many expectations placed upon, you know, this particular character by all parties involved. It's, like, the same with, like, Shades, too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. For, um, <laughs> what, Christian Grey? Yeah, like, uh, there was... Because, like, I think, I think when you create this, like... When you describe in your book this perfect man, like, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, however the author decides to describe him, you know, all readers kind of have their own image of what that person is. And... You're never gonna satisfy everybody. Yeah. Like whoever you cast, like there's there's no dude that that everybody's gonna unanimous unanimous Unanimous
0: yeah. <laughs> Unanimously. <laughs> Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> you and know. then
0: you cast Robert Pattinson.
1: Yeah, and then you know everybody's somebody's gonna be pissed off somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's insane. He's
0: anybody perfect. with eyes he's perfect, he's perfect
2: for anybody Edward. with eyes would be pissed off that he was <laughs> anyway. I'm not happy with Taylor Lautner, but I'll, that'll come into my trash. <sighs> okay. All
1: right. Man, so these expectations. You know, Absolutely. you know, Jason, it's times like this, and I'm just glad that men have our own computers. <laughs> yeah. you know? it's, I was going to
0: say really quick, I think the thing, too, with like the Harry Potter, because I am a Harry Potter fan, and that's um, a series where I actually did read the books and watch all the movies and all of that stuff. I think you're kind of catering to like a different um like age group almost and i think with the twilight and stuff it's a little bit older like teens and there's a lot of like hormones and stuff involved and so it's a very like this perfect man and their perfect romance and the like chemistry and all of that stuff whereas like harry potter like they're like little kids like going on this adventure like yeah you're gonna still see some of that comparison with the books and the movies but it's not in the same way, like there's not, like he was saying, there's not as much pressure, but I think that's some of why mm-hmm. it's it's not similar.
1: Pattinson himself says that uh, playing Edward was frustrating all the way up until the last shot, you know, during filming, because so many people had projected what they felt the character should be like onto him, even those on set, as opposed to letting him make the role his own. And that caused a lot of friction between himself and the director and the producers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, you know, he had a fill in this role, but he wasn't able to like take it and make it something that he could, you know, bring to life. Uh, And to prepare for this role, uh, Robin Pattinson read an early copy of Midnight Sun, Twilight from Edward's POV, and uh, also wrote a journal in character while distancing himself from friends and family in order to feel the character's isolation. So I want to know is this like a normal thing for Robert Pattinson? Because we talked about this in Good Time um, when he was playing, um, I can't remember his character's name in Good Time, I can't remember. but um, he would write letters to and from, uh, I think, Benny Safdie, uh, in character and he isolated himself in like a shit apartment for a couple weeks or whatever in order to get into character I wonder if that's like his tactic like writing journals as a character. I need to see those Bruce Wayne diaries. You feel me? Like, <laughs>
4: I'm
1: sure it's got to help. I mean
3: outside of just you know trying to get in character physically and vocally like writing it down to sure it
1: helps mm-hmm. uh, Also he'd never done an American accent before and he just winged it because he never had formal training for the accent he's british eh no that was offensive i'll i'll edit that out just (laughs) kidding it'll stay in um maybe that
0: explains all the lip quivering oh my gosh you can't see but kerwin is doing or his mouth just an impression of the yeah the lip quivering (laughs) the mouth the mouths (laughs) the multiple mouths just hanging Mm -hmm. slightly open (laughs)
3: You just see. Now I, I kind of get it. Like you just see the wheels turning. Like right. Like to...
0: he's he has all this pressure from like everybody wanting the character to be a certain way. This is his first time trying to do like you know an American style accent. Like it all makes sense now. I feel bad. I made fun of him a lot, but he's so talented.
1: Yeah, we're just <laughs> patting him on the back.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's a singer. And he plays the guitar and he plays the piano. He's very artistic. He's very artistic. Hmm. So maybe that's just his way of expressing himself.
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Have some respect for the art, for the craft, Elizabeth. Yes, exactly. My goodness. (laughs) Oh, good lord. Oh, my goodness.
2: Robert and all God. the way.
1: You're definitely one of the Volturi. Oh, God. I don't know what that means. Um, I just knew they were the bad uh-huh. guys. Yeah. Uh, production and other shit, as it says in my notes. Um, this movie was mostly filmed in Portland, Oregon, with some filming taking place in Pasadena, California, and it took uh, about 48 days to shoot. Uh, the very first thing shot for this movie was the end fight at the ballet studio with the actors doing most of their own stunts and wire work. When you oh. say wire work. Like, kung fu type shit.
0: Uh, um. And they're, like, on a string. Mm-hmm. I felt like you could you could tell. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't slick.
1: The way they jump and, like...
0: It was very, like, oh, we're trapezing now. Like, cool.
1: Yeah, it feels like a... Uh, like, and Tiger, Hidden Dragon type stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's because or, like, a high s- school play. Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> it's because they move so fast. They're able to move really fast, and, like, I don't know how else they're supposed to portray that
0: they're supposed to erase the wires <laughs> you
1: yeah. no but I, I get that it's just like i get that they're like super strong and super fast but like there's ways of doing it without making it look like they're still attached to wires like
2: <laughs> but back in 2008 yeah and what, what what would you what would you do like what what do you think they they could do do better oh my gosh <laughs> yeah.
1: what can they do they're do zip- better <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> i mean we saw blade 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 had a wire foo and actual fights and stuff like that yeah
2: i think it did better or was it cgi i
1: mean there were there was some cgi in blade but i think blade was at like, 1999 i yeah, think
3: or yeah bef-
1: like at the at the edge of like cgi fully taking a lot of like practical stuff away so thanks phantom menace now i'm just kidding there's a lot of practical stuff in phantom menace i won't shit on that movie um but moving on to the music uh, The composer for this film Is Carter Burwell uh, He worked on Raising Arizona Buffy the Vampire Slayer And uh, damn near Every Coen Brothers film Really? Like I looked at his uh, IMDB Big Lebowski uh, No Country for Old Men uh, Burn After Reading Like all these movies wow. I think I think he actually worked on uh, Macbeth too The newest one That came mm-hmm. out From one of the brothers Also need to see that I heard it's really good Really? I yeah With I uh, Denzel Washington I think it's like all black and white, I think. Really? Yeah, but I could be wrong. Okay. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Um... And then uh, the soundtrack was put together by music supervisor uh, Alexandra Patsavas with uh, Stephanie Meyer Consulting. Uh, Patsavas has worked on a ton of stuff, including The O.C., Mad Men, and Grey's Anatomy, along with Supernatural and Gossip Girl. Uh, She was actually nominated for a Grammy for the soundtrack to Twilight and Eclipse. Uh, The soundtrack for this movie features artists Linkin Park, Paramore, Collective Soul, and more. Uh, There are also two tracks on this album composed... And or played by Robert Pattinson, uh, "Never Think" and "Let Me Sign," uh, the piano pieces, play, uh, the piano, so much alliteration. Oh God, uh, the piano pieces played in the film are in <laughs> fact by Pattinson, and the filmmakers thought it'd be a good idea to include them in the film and soundtrack. Uh, The soundtrack debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, selling 165,000 copies in its first week, staying on the charts for 48 weeks straight. Uh, It was the first soundtrack to reach number one prior to a film's release since 8 Mile in 2002. Uh, It went platinum in the U.S., United Kingdom, New Zealand, Germany, France, and two times platinum in Australia.
0: So you're saying that some of the score was actually... Done by Robert Pattinson himself.
1: Yeah, like the piano pieces and stuff. Like I think three of them were done by Pattinson. One was redone by the composer or another artist. But two of them, um, as they they are as played by uh, Robert Pattinson. So they left them in as done by him. So it
0: makes sense why they were trash. Oh Oh my gosh,
1: he's
2: talented. Okay, he's amazingly talented.
0: Well, his
1: you know his music was the key to his success. (laughs) So so much hate, Elizabeth. I know. I don't know if I like your tone. I don't <laughs> know. I guess we'll have to take note of this. I don't know. And then uh, sequels. Let's talk about sequels. On November 22nd, 2008, a day after Twilight made it to the theaters, Summit Entertainment announced that New Moon was on the way and Summit would go on to produce the rest of the films in the Twilight franchise. Catherine Hardwick wanted more time to prepare for the sequel uh, than the studio would allow. And unfortunately, she was replaced with uh, Chris Weitz in December of that same year. So, you know, this director helped bring this whole thing to life. She says like, hey, can I get a little more time to prep? You guys just announced the movie the day after this one came out. They're like, no, we don't want to wait for you. And they fire her and hire somebody else a month later. That's kind of fucked up.
3: Always be ready, man.
1: Yeah. And if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. Yes. There you go. Yeah. That's my next tattoo. Mm. There you go. Black guy from Twilight. It's going
0: to go right next to that.
4: (laughs) Jeez. I'm
3: making my own family crest, and that's going to be
1: the. It's
4: going to be the black guy from Twilight. And it says,
1: get ready, stay ready.
2: It needs an apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right,
3: right next apple. to it. Yeah, an <laughs> apple and he's sparkle like a diamond, yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's move on to uh, criticism and analysis of Twilight. Uh, so, Stephanie Meyer is a member of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, uh, LDS Church, or, you know, Mormons. Uh, regarding being a member of the LDS Church, uh, her faith has shaped her novels. There's no drinking, smoking, or explicit sex scenes in the Twilight series, and Edward and Bella do not have sex until they're married. And regarding all that, I found a uh, 2012 article in The Atlantic called At Its Core, The Twilight Saga is a Story About Blank by Ashley Fetters that summarizes and presents some opinions about the Twilight series overall. And uh, we're just going to run down the list and, you know, we're going to have a discussion about what I managed to find in this article. So topic number one was uh, the power and powerlessness of women. Uh, This series has gotten many complaints that Bella isn't the best role model for a largely female teen fan base. Uh, People have criticized the character saying that it is not her, but Edward and Jacob that decide her fate and that Twilight itself is a cautionary tale about the dangers of unbalanced relationships with one commentator, Susan Jeffers, stating that Bella is, quote, A quietly complicit abused lover who at the end of the saga somehow finally convinces edward and jacob of her own agency rejects the violence inherent in a patriarchal system and quote refuses to allow the two males to remain rivals engineering circumstances that require them to put their differences aside and work together another critic lori branch says that bella's popularity quote reveals precisely that we of a culture have already traveled a feminist road and that it has left apparently not a few readers with very particular unfulfilled longings and misgivings, end quote. Finally, on whether or not Bella is a feminist or anti-feminist, Stephanie Meyer says, uh, quote, in my opinion, the foundation of feminism is this, being able to choose. The core of anti-feminism is conversely telling a woman she can't do something solely because she's a woman, taking any choice away from her specifically because of her gender. One of the weird things about modern feminism is that some feminists seem to be putting their own limits on women's choices. That feels backwards to me. It's as if you can't choose a family on your own terms and still be considered a strong woman. How is that empowering? Are there rules about if, when, and how we love or marry and if, when, and how we have kids? Are there jobs we can and can't have in order to be a real feminist? To me, these limitations seem anti-feminist in basic principle. Uh, in an Entertainment Weekly article from 2020, Meyer defends her character Bella and is quoted as saying, "Just because she doesn't do kung fu and she cooks for her father doesn't make her worthy of all that criticism." End quote. So, regarding you know what I've just read, and you know the topic in general, the power and powerlessness of women, you know I stated in the article, how do y'all feel about that?
0: I guess. I agree with what the author said about women getting to choose. Like that's the whole great part of feminism is that it's not, oh, you have to be strong or you have to do this or you have to work. And you're not, you know, if you choose the route of our ancestors kind of thing, like you're allowed to choose whatever it is that you like that includes sex work or whatever, like you can choose whatever you want. That's the point of feminism. But I think The issue comes up when Bella gets pushed around, Bella gets objectified. Like, there's just a lot of things that happen in this movie that I see as problematic, and I can agree when critics are saying that that's not the best role model for, like, young, especially younger women, like, teens that don't know how to kind of pick apart this movie. Like, they feel like maybe she's somebody to look up to. And it's like they're seeing her pushed around and decisions made for her and her being objectified and just kind of like dealing with it instead of like speaking up, which is what I would hope would happen. Like she would say, like, I'm not you. You know, she would have a comeback when those things were happening. She just kind of like is a what's I'm trying to think of the word, but I know I'm going to mess it up. It's like an active participant. Like you're here, but you're not you don't have anything to say. Like you don't want to stand up for yourself. You don't want to say like anything like it's just this quiet mouth hanging open lips quivering like that's all you do like you don't say anything for yourself so i don't know that's all i have to say i'm sure other people have other opinions
1: so i got a question for and elizabeth you've seen all the movies or just Mm -hmm.
0: i don't think i've seen them all i which one did we go see in the theater was it this one i think we saw this one together we like went opening nine? Yeah, was
2: it this one no I think it was eclipse okay so I've seen I've seen at least one other one yeah I think you've seen actual I don't think you've seen breaking dawn no. that's the last one no I, I think you've seen at least the first three yeah but yeah. I remember nothing
1: Okay, uh, so <laughs> Melissa, having I, you, so you've read all the books, right? Read all the books, and you've seen all the movies, and seen all the movies. So, Multiple um, times. so I don't know. I don't know anything about Bella's complete journey. I've only seen you know this first movie, but like, would you say based on one of the uh, the critics' statements that by the end of the series, she has kind of uh, established her own agency and has kind of broken free of? You know this male tug of war for her. Like, yeah, would you say that?
2: Absolutely. I think that she's grown a lot. She grows a lot from um, being this seventeen-year-old emo child. You know, she's very uh, immature, young. But I, I think it's it's tough because we have to keep in mind that Edward is a hundred and seven years old, hundred and seven, hundred and eight years old. So I don't know. I feel like. She kind of probably comes off as being more immature than she is. But, no, she definitely does grow as as time goes on. And she does show that, you know, she knows what she wants. And I respect that. (laughs)
4: Okay.
2: Now that you're saying that, I'm kind
0: of remembering. I feel like I'm getting, like, flashbacks to stuff of, like, her kind of standing up to Edward. Yes. Further down the line, like, they're actually together. Like, when they were, like, she was pregnant or something. Mm -hmm. like. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, I think she, he, mm-hmm. she kind of like stands up to him at some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: She knows what she wants and she wants Edward and she wants to be, spoiler alert, she wants to, uh, well, uh, kind of, she wants to be with him forever. She wants him mm-hmm. to change her. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry. But,
3: <laughs> but nice. she's not
2: as immature as she she might come off.
3: Okay. Okay. Jason? No, I'm just... I didn't realize you had seen so many of these movies.
0: I, I try to block it out. Um, I made her clip me. Yeah, Melly mm-hmm. made me um, mm-hmm. watch many of these movies, bribed me. With uh, bakers. Bakers and wine and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think I have seen, I I honestly think you were there one of the times. You probably fell asleep, but I you were there. Uh, yeah, at least one time. I don't time.
3: remember any of these movies, so. Not, not one don't one think of this movie. he was
0: there? I feel like he was at least one time when mm-hmm. we watched it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's just like you. Like, I don't remember it until she's talking about that, and I was like, oh, actually, I do kind of remember her doing that like later on. But just like, I can see one scene in my head, but I don't mm-hmm. remember the whole movie at all.
3: Yeah, about this topic, I mean, I don't really have much input. Um, as she does seem kind of meek and immature, and in, in, in at least this movie. Um, I remember seeing like trailers of the other movies, like kind of seeing her. See, she seemed more, you know, um, more take charge, I guess, of her of herself. Here, I feel like she's just kind of going where the wind blows her, and she reminds me a lot of her character in Adventureland, a little bit too, with Ryan Reynolds, like how she was with him. Um, just kind of like this powerless person that just kind of is there and is does what she's kind of. T- old or just kind of deals with whatever's going on around her.
0: Was but, her mouth hanging open a lot in that movie also?
3: Yeah. Yeah, the same kind of like yeah, the, the mouth. Everyone is doing the mouth motion right now. And like she has this weird way she speaks a lot. She does it in Adventureland too where it's like she'll say a line. I was telling Elizabeth this last night. She'll like say a line and then she has like this weird like loud exhale. So it's like oh my god, I can't believe I just did that. and I'm just like why like all the time just making all these noises, I'm like, well just fucking speak. Just say something. Like or she just doesn't say any words and she just exhales a lot. It's really like loud and obnoxious and I don't know. It's kinda of goofy. But she it should probably inhale once in a while. Yeah. I and mean, she's probably out of <laughs> breath man. But yeah, I mean I, I agree with what you guys are saying, what they're saying, but um I'm glad to hear she takes charge of her, herself throughout the series.
1: Yeah. Uh, One thing I will say that I noticed about this movie, uh, you know, this is probably part of my trash and treasure, but um, I saw little flashes of assertiveness from her. Like she goes after Edward after he weirds her out in the science class. She confronts him. She's straight up with him. She's direct with like her expectations and things like that. And Edward is just like kind of wishy-washy and all this other shit. So like I see flashes of that. I have no idea what the whole story is going to be. You know what I'm saying? But like that was one of my treasures. I was like, this motherfucker edward is so wishy-washy and push and pull but she's just like nah dog i want you man i want that vampire dick man like she's on that shit you know what i'm saying like she's she's direct (laughs) and this motherfucker is just like indecisive and can't figure shit out for himself so i see glimpses of that and i hope that grows more as the movies go on
2: no it definitely does and i think robert or i'm sorry edward um, I think he probably comes off as being, gosh, <laughs> I'm still laughing about
0: vampire dick. <laughs> no, that,
2: that sparkly
0: dick. That
3: was <laughs> no, just funny. She's like, beautiful. she's like
1: Robert. I mean, Edward. And
3: just like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> it's funny because like, uh, like last week when we were watching it, um, so we saw the scene where it, like Edward like sparkles and shit and so my girlfriend's just like, Oh yeah, like she likes him because he sparkles and I was like, Yeah, she wants that diamond dude. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. What
1: were
3: you we saying were you saying something, Melly?
2: I was. Um, About Edward, Edward. <laughs> About Edward. What was he saying? <laughs> if you remember, if
1: you remember, please you know, okay. let us know. Okay. All right, cool.
3: She did take charge when he tried to put on her seatbelt. And she's like, Oh no, I can do that or something like that. So she does take charge at one point.
2: Oh, I remember, sorry. Well, you have to think Edward is trying not to eat her. He wants to eat her, like so bad. So it might come off as if, mm mm-hmm. So I think it might come off as if (laughs) he, I can't can't. keep going going, going. he's he's trying to fight the demon of him wanting to eat her and so aren't we all and suck her blood and so (laughs) oh my gosh I can't even say it but I think um, I think you know I don't even know where I was going now I forgot again
1: there's there's an element of um, there's an element of like I'm doing this to protect you kind of involved in that is what you're saying yeah like this is for your own good or your own protection yeah
2: yeah well he might come off as like wishy-washy you know like i do want you but then no i don't want you but i think it's because he's fighting his own personal demon where he wants to suck her blood kill her because her blood is the most uh he's ever wanted in a human he the smell of her he he's never <laughs> he's never wanted anybody as much as he wants Bella, and mm. that's why he's so drawn to her. Gotcha. So that's why he comes off as probably wishy washy.
0: Is she like AB negative or like what is it? Who knows? Is it like a specialty type of blood? Possibly. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. She her got that O. Mini chlorian.
4: Her midi-chlorian count is
1: so... (laughs) Not even Master Yoda has a midi-chlorian count that high. (laughs) Um, So I appreciate you guys for having this discussion. Uh, Definitely, we'll probably get into more of it in Trash and Treasure. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of opinions out there, y'all. So, you know, go out there and look for it. Uh, Next, Mormons. Uh, Many critics have pointed out that the Twilight series is a clear allegory for and possibly written in defense of the Mormon Church. Uh, Critic John Granger writes that the Twilight series is a, quote, thinly veiled retelling of the formation and survival of the Church of Latter-day Saints. He writes that uh, the Volturi... Uh, which uh, appear later in the story, uh, are representative of the Roman Catholic Church, with Carlisle Cullen being an allegory for Joseph Smith. The Volturi are ancient vampires based out of Italy that lead vampires everywhere, much like the Vatican leads you know, Catholicism worldwide. Uh, Carlisle Cullen is born in the 1660s, around the time when Mormonism was born in Europe, and becomes a doctor in the 1800s, around the same time as uh, Joseph Smith's restoration of the gospel in America. In the books, vampires, Mormons, are seen as violent, bloodthirsty, and secretive, being abusive to women and non-believers. John Granger states that the Twilight novels can be looked at as a response to criticisms Mormons face from non-Mormons. The story is once again, quote, an allegory of one Gentile Seeker's coming to the fullness of uh, the LDS faith and life. Bella struggles in the story with Edward's patronizing misogyny and overprotectiveness, and although she is devoted and in love with him, she makes moves in the book that reflect something like feminism, end quote. Uh, Granger points out specifically, though that although Bella gets a happy ending, one female character, uh, Leah Clearwater, quote, uh, the lone female werewolf in the story, stands as a reminder of the isolation and emptiness experienced by an intelligent, gifted woman not tied to a man in a community of believers, uh, end quote. So how do y'all feel about all this? I don't know. I can see where they're going with this, with uh, the whole Cullen clan and the Volturi, and you know the timing with the writer being Mormon herself. I can see where they're getting this. I mean, a lot of times you'll be influenced unknowingly by mm-hmm. things. You know what I'm saying? Like. You might see somebody's name tag and then you write a story five months later and it's the the dude's weird name on the name tag that you write as your main character, but like you don't remember that. I can see this as some sort of like subconscious thing that was introduced, or it could have been on purpose, who knows? But I don't know if this is like... Uh, some sort of promotion or in defense of or anything like that?
2: I see where they're coming from, but I don't think it's that extreme. I think the Voltori well, in the book, the Voltori is just a group of men who are basically in charge of the vampires, and they have a set rules of what happens with vampires and how they live and how they interact with humans, you know? So I think that that's pretty extreme with the whole Catholicism, but...
1: Yeah, and it, I mean, at the end of the day, what if, you know, the, the author was just like, hey, you know what? History of Mormonism, let me use that as a, that as a template for this story. It could have just been that. It could have just been like, I'm not trying to promote or convert anybody. Like, I'm just taking this existing story in our faith, and I'm using that as a base template to lay out, you know, my narrative on. Yeah, it could have exactly. just been as simple as that. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. exactly.
1: Kind of like how Force Awakens is a ripoff of A New Hope.
3: Yeah, just like that, just like that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Is that Star Wars talk? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Don't worry, we've been let down for the last couple of years. <laughs> no. So yeah. I only know a little bit about the
3: Latter Day Saints and the Mormon faith, so I mean, I I know like some of like Joseph Smith and and some of that stuff, but I guess I just don't know enough to really comment on all of it. Because all your quotes and stuff, I don't think you talked anything about the author saying anything
1: deliberately, like. Yeah, there's nothing deliberate about the author saying anything about the Mormon Church, but I think it it is because she is Mormon yeah. that that criticism arises. Yeah. I think it, it it could be targeted, it may be a coincidence, you know, it could be other Mormons noticing this thing. So it it could be any number of things, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean cuz I even heard stuff like even when the Matrix came out, like how Neo is like this weird offshoot of Jesus like coming to save us, you know what I mean? Like if people compared that, even though it doesn't make sense in my head, people were drawing parallels of that stuff too. I mean, so I, I don't, I don't think the Wachowski brothers, right? Is that? Yeah. yeah. I don't think they intended on that. I don't know their faith or their belief, but I don't know, I guess you can draw parallels about it. And then again, her being Mormon, I guess it just makes it easier for the people to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then all wearing white too, I guess, cause you know, they wear the white undergarments. There's four of them, so it's kind of a larger family that's stereotypical, I know I'm stereotyping, but typically, you know, larger families and stuff, I guess I can kinda see, like, elements on top of the storyline, but, yeah, I guess I would just need to know more more to make better comments.
1: Uh, And then we got a couple other topics, so we got Prejudice, sex and parenting and parental figures. Uh, prejudice, uh, specifically in how the vampires and werewolves are characterized. Uh, vampires are described as beautiful, sparkling, white marble statues, with the werewolves being uh, Native American and described as having darker skin, black hair, dark eyes, and their wolf form displaying the kind of person that they are inside, with the most bad of the wolves having the blackest of fur, quote, black heart, black fur in the novels when referring to character uh, Sam Uli, I believe, Uly, Uh Critic Melissa Berkeley writes that, quote, Meyer's use of such imagery capitalizes on the reader's already entrenched association that uh, white is good. It's simple math. If white equals good and vampires equal white, then it must be that vampires equal good, end quote as far as sex goes, uh, the entire push and pull of the Bella-Edward relationship and the fact that Bella wants to ha- be a vampire so bad and Edward wants Bella to eat so bad uh, that they have to kind of restrain themselves. Uh, that could be you know, representative of the urges to have sex uh, and also parenting and parental figures. Bella's mom picking up and leaving town, and Bella now living with her estranged father, Edward being adopted into the Cullen family after becoming a vampire, as well as his uh, treatment of Bella, uh, in which he often treats her like a child. Uh, Critic Anna Silver writes that by the end of the saga, Bella becomes, quote, the kind of mother she never had, the self-sacrificing, selfless mother who successfully protects the integrity and survival of her family. Uh, silver goes on to say that quote stephanie meyer thus proposes that marriage and motherhood provide women with power they do not possess as a single woman uh motherhood becomes a location not only of pleasure and satisfaction but also of power so regarding prejudice sex and uh parenting any opinions on what i just read because i definitely feel the i want to be a vampire as like resisting the urge to have sex you know they're teenagers they want a bone you know what i'm saying and so like turn me turn me oh i want to but i can't i want to but i can't i feel like that is so representative of teenage sexual urges
0: i thought it was all very interesting like the mom but the mom calls her a lot so like they, they have this relationship and i mean yeah maybe mom isn't as caring as she could or should or would be like wouldn't you bring your kid with you? Like, you just say, like, oh, well, here you go. Like, she's yours now.
2: (laughs) Wait, (laughs) what? I think she did that because it's Bella's junior year. Yeah, it's her junior year. So she probably didn't want to take her on the road with them because the mom's boyfriend plays baseball professionally. Mm -hmm. So they were going to be traveling. So I think that's why Bella was dropped off with dad because dad has...
0: So then, you're choosing your boyfriend over your daughter. Yeah,
2: basically, that's basically what was happening. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think that it's pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, it's
0: it's pretty terrible. I mean, I don't know. I I have feelings about that, but I
2: just think it's odd. Yeah, definitely. And it was a, but it was good for Bella because she met Edward.
1: And then, as far as like uh, the prejudice part, look, I don't like. I'm not gonna assume anything, but I think based on what the critic says that like. Her use of imagery, it capitalizes on the readers already like entrenched views about color and uh, meaning. But I can see where it gets problematic when you have these, you know, uh, stark white European people uh, and then you have uh, Native Americans who are like bare chested and don't live in bougie ass houses and, and things like that. But based on what I know of the franchise, we know that Bella kind of unites the two clans, I, I, I think, right, towards the end. And so there's a lot that can be said about one outsider's ability to unite two opposing forces. I don't know what happens like completely, so we'll see what happens, but I can see where people might see an issue with that. But I think she's just playing with, with imagery and connotation.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. And then we also have to take into consideration the location because they're on a reservation or nearby a reservation. So I think that's where, you know, the two sides come in part, but uh yeah, so location definitely because they're on a reservation. Yeah. And the collins are there also because Forks is a very, you know, with the climate and everything, it's very like rainy, it's dark, the mm-hmm. sun doesn't come out very often. So it's kind of like a safe place for them to be because If it's sunny, they're in sunny California, they're gonna be exposed with their shininess and diamond skin.
1: Yeah, they better not move to Philadelphia.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's always sunny. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, and uh, lastly, uh, we gotta talk about the fandom. Uh, uh, I didn't write a lot of notes for this, but um, we can kinda just talk about our own experience regarding Twilight and fandom. You know, we know that people that like Twilight often got bullied, and Twilight was often the subject of a lot of ridicule from, you know, celebrities, comics, normal people on the street. And, you know, this franchise has received a lot of hate. Uh, One thing um, that I kind of picked up on, and I was listening to this podcast uh, recently, it's called uh, The Big Hit Show, and it's on Spotify, and it analyzes uh, franchises and their impact on society in general. And the first episode really kind of dives into uh, individual Twilight fans' experiences with bullying just for liking what they like and society's overall general hate towards it. There's a couple things that are are really fucked up. You know, people just making the the illogical connection that i don't like twilight twilight sucks therefore people that like twilight suck and i must attack them that's kind of what the overall theme was when you listen to these people's stories and then um there's also the uh the root of a, a lot of that hatred towards this franchise is based in a lot of, you know, misogynistic targeting of of the female fan base. This is a largely younger preteen to young adult uh, female fan base. And um, there's definitely a lot of uh, misogyny in that. Uh, You know, Elizabeth, you and I were talking off mic about how uh, girls are taught that they need to like lipstick and Barbies and pink and flowers and rainbows and all this other stuff. And as they grow up, they're constantly told by boys that that stuff is stupid and this and that because we're taught that we need to stay away the fuck away from that. So when we see females that are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years older uh, liking what they like, you know, our automatic response is, oh, that sucks, that's stupid because we need to stay so far removed in our masculinity from things that girls like that we need to start attacking it. Like when we like things like Star Wars and Marvel and Star Trek and, you know, all that other stuff, and we see, you know, a female fan base rising, you know, to equal heights with things that they like, it could be that our instinct, based on how we were raised as boys, is to immediately target that in order to to distance ourselves from it and protect our own masculinity, you know, that we've kind of been made to take on during our entire lives. So what do you think about kind of the bullying surrounding twilight you know maybe melissa i don't know if you have any experiences with that or not like what what has your experience been like as a twilight fan and we can all, all talk about like our experience as far as like maybe being an outsider or having conversations with people that did like the franchise or do like the franchise
2: There's no shame in me loving Twilight. Like, I love Twilight. I love the books. I love the movie. I love all the movies. I just was very invested. And I think I loved it so much, I wanted everybody that I loved to to watch it and to hopefully enjoy it like I enjoyed it. (laughs) But it's okay that they didn't. It's totally fine. But, yeah, no, I, I, I loved it. So... I mean, there are people that at the time did say like, oh, it's stupid. And, you know, aren't you a little too old to like Twilight? You know, but it was
0: me. But I'm people. (laughs) I personally bullied Melissa multiple times.
2: (laughs) And, you know, it's totally fine. I I loved it. And I stood my ground.
0: I still went with you.
2: You did. Even though you knew. Yes.
0: It was awful.
3: I feel like everyone that's a fan of something gets bullied Probably to an extent, like if you're a Star Trek fan, even a Star Wars fan, or you're like really into that fandom, comic book lover, Pokemon Go, I mean, anything that you're into, I feel like people are going to talk shit about and quote unquote bully you. So, I mean, I guess too, like you think about vampires and like werewolves, my mind doesn't go to Twilight, I guess, personally, especially before seeing the movie or before they came out. I never thought of it in that way. I thought of it more of, like, a scary kind of old-timey monster movie, you know, horror film.
0: You mean you didn't think of Diamond Dicks when you thought of no, vampires? No. <laughs> oh.
3: No. I did not think of Diamond Dicks when I thought of it. That's uh, weird. When I thought of it.
1: Yeah, but... Uh, <laughs> just, the, <laughs> just the sunlight bouncing off it. <laughs>
3: Sounds intense, but anyway.
2: Just the, just the tip. <laughs> yeah. Jesus.
3: Um, but yeah, no, so I just feel like everyone gets bullied, but I, I can understand this, too. I mean... Um, But because it's so big and it is like a different kind of genre, like this horror kind of genre, as opposed to like more of like a whimsical fantasy thing. Like we would see like with the Star Wars or a Star Trek kind of deal. Um, I guess I could see it being more intense. I think it's just like we looked at the reviews too. Like the majority of people either really loved it or hated it. So you do have a lot of people that just, you know, despise this, this franchise. So you probably get bullying. Yeah. That's my thoughts on that.
1: I, I definitely remember like college, and you know, being online and you know, seeing skits and YouTube videos, and there was a lot of just like Twilight hate in general. And we all know that that phrase like, "Oh, still a better love story than Twilight," that gets tossed around a lot. Um, and then uh, I do remember Twilight being at Comic Con, uh, mm-hmm. like the year released for the film. And you know, there's this whole movement about like, "Oh, Twilight ruined Comic Con, and we don't want that here, and this and that." And you had like grown ass men walking around Comic Con screaming like. Uh Twilight sucks, Twilight sucks, Twilight sucks. And you get people asking, you know, a lot of these these fans like, how could you like that? That's so immature, that's so dumb, like it's so stupid. And then, you know, they'll turn around and fucking I don't know like go on like ten hour praises about Spider Man and X Men. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like it's like you're saying, Jason, it's like it's the same thing. And it's just weird that like this this franchise Uh, And the fans have, like, experienced, like, so much vitriol for literally existing kind of in the same space, in the same way, like a lot of the franchise you'd mentioned earlier. So, like, it's just, it always felt odd to me, like, you know, why does this get so much hate? Like, like, if it sucks, it sucks. But it's just, like, to get this much hate from uh, so many people that probably haven't even liked it. You know, we talk about the prequels and the sequels and Star Wars. Like, people hate that shit because they've seen it. And I feel like with Twilight, it's like people hate that shit despite never having experienced exactly. it at all. And there's something underlying there that just makes them want to hate it. And and the podcast I was listening to, it actually became, it came to a point where it was, it was the thing to do was to hate Twilight. Like if you didn't like it, it was popular to hate it. And if you liked it, you had to be a closeted fan because you didn't want that hate or that negativity thrown your way, which is like insane. And uh, you know we talked about this earlier, but like there's this comic that invited a bunch of Twilight fans to like a premiere of one of the movies and he brought out like this fake producer to introduce the movie, and then they drop the curtain and it's this dude, and all he does is just talk shit about them for wanting to see Twilight the night of the premiere. So he sends out fake invites, says come see Twilight, all the fans are there, you know, couples, kids, whatever, and then he just talks shit to them. Uh, that was kind of a dick move. I'd be pissed off if that happened to me, especially if I brought my kid or something, or my little niece or nephew, you know, and then for that to happen, that's fucked up. Like taking the time out of your day to fuck with people like that. That's fucked up however you feel about a franchise. Like what you like, y'all. Just like what you like. As long as you're not hurting anybody, like what you like. But I will say this. Uh, We did talk about how this series kind of maybe or maybe not glorifies unhealthy relationships or one-sided relationships. Uh, There was a mention in the podcast that I listened to. The host said that he spoke to one person who said that because she was reading Twilight, she recognized she was in an abusive relationship. Because she Mm -hmm. was reading Twilight and saw that uh, the things that Edward was doing Mm -hmm. were so fucked up and so possessive and so wrong. And she's just like, oh, I don't like this at all. And she came to realize that that was happening in her own relationship and it led her to leave that relationship. So, I I mean... That's cool. Twilight works in weird ways.
0: (laughs) That's interesting because Bella continues to, like, pursue him. So you almost think the majority of the time it works in the negative sense of, like oh, it's okay that he does A, B, and C, red flag things because Bella still loves him and still forgives him and still wants to be changed Mm -hmm. even though she's probably the one that thinks she can change him, which is a, don't even get me started. But yeah, I just, I think I would see that working in the opposite way most of the time because Bella's, as far as I know, tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, I will. Accepting of the kind of things that she's getting from Edward. Like, she's not standing up and saying like, that's not okay. Like, right. you can't treat me like that, I won't put up with that. Like, or I mean, I know she does towards the end, but at the end of the day, she stays with him. Hmm.
2: Yeah, she knows what she wants, that's why. So she's like, I want you, I'm gonna fight for you. I'm gonna change you. And we're gonna change each other, cause, because oh. we're going to Ugh. live together for the rest of the, our they, lives.
1: They can't dress themselves Like, <laughs> after, change each other. <laughs>
2: And honestly, you guys like it's just a story about love,
1: but I mean <laughs> hey oh hey we, we all took English and art classes we know we know there's levels to shit and, you know on on at the at the top level it is that it is just that it's a love story about you know a kid and a hundred eight year old <laughs> and and, and it's beautiful and then of course you know you can, you can dive deep into anything and look for allegories and metaphors and all that other shit but you know I, I do think a lot of this stuff is worth talking about um, and you can find it in any sort of thing we do I mean we do it on every episode we yeah. find some deep shit and then there's some episodes where it's just like Jean-Claude Van Damme is doing a weird dance at a restaurant in Asia so yeah <laughs> there's nothing there there's nothing deep there yeah.
3: I also make one more point about the fandom thing I just feel like this movie like to Robert Pattinson for a while and even myself like seeing him as in Good Time or Tenet or now going to be the Batman like you're like oh the dude from Twilight like even me like I catch myself saying that but I think I've given him a chance after seeing Good Time yeah. after Tenet um, but I think that's an I just think him even more than Kristen Stewart by far I think he has been like typecasted as this Edward person this vampire in this kind of like young adult kind of uh, franchise and I think it's been hard for him to get out of that I don't know how he feels about Twilight now, I don't know but it seems like it's taken him a while to like now kind of break out on his own and be identified as this this different actor now outside of this character so I'm glad to see that but I think it's taken him a while so I just think the fandom too, like you talk about people just hating on this movie, I think it's to a point where it's actually, it, it could have hurt his career at some points too where People are, you know, typecast. casting, yeah, mm-hmm. it's typecasting, you know, casting directors are sitting there like going through people and they're like, oh, Edward? No, we're not going to talk to him because he's yeah. in Twilight or right. whatever. So I'm glad to see him kind of breaking out of that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, me too.
2: Especially in Good Time. It shows like his talent, you know, like playing Edward Cullen and then playing him, Robert Pattinson, in Good Time. Like, oh my God, he was so good in that movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's just so talented. <laughs>
1: And uh, that's it for uh, behind the scenes. Uh, Melissa, you said you had some fun facts for us.
2: Yeah, I do. I do. Well, since I read, you know, all the books and. um, As Holly would say,
0: the source material.
1: (laughs) Take a shot.
2: (laughs) Um, Well, fun fact Stephanie Meyer, uh, writer of the book, um, was actually Team Jacob. That hurts my soul. I just, I don't understand it. So
0: if you wanted to know the correct answer,
2: the correct answer is Team Edward all the way wait what
1: Always. oh man so many teams
2: comment down below who are you which team are you I
1: I, I don't have a team because I don't know what the fuck
2: happens <laughs> are you are you for vampires or are you for werewolves
1: Now I'm team black guy
2: oh gosh
1: <laughs> I'm team America world yes, police
3: team
2: America. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you guys know but Stephanie Meyer she uh, made a cameo in the movie oh when they're at the diner, Bella and her dad are eating. Uh, she's at the diner table with her laptop, so. Oh,
1: because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, here you go, Stephanie, or Miss mm-hmm. Meyer, or Yeah,
2: something. yes, 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 yeah. yes. Another fun fact, um, Carlisle, the dad of mm-hmm. the Cullen family, he uh, had hoped that Rosalie, the sister, Nikki Reed, would be partnered with Edward when he was changing her into a vampire. Mm. Uh, But instead, Rosalie is with, actually, Emmett, the other brother. And um, she found Emmett while uh, he was dying from a bear attack. Just FYI. That happened in the story. (laughs) Revenant. Yeah,
3: the Revenant all over again.
2: Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Rosalie and Jasper are supposed to be posing as twins.
3: Didn't pick up on that.
2: No because they have the blonde hair so they're supposed to be twins just so they're more um, believable to everybody in town. I just think family.
0: they I just think they all look like a bunch of like kissing cousins, like weird ass shit going on. Oh. Sorry, that's all I picked up on.
2: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, another fun fact.
3: This oh, <laughs> is going to tear every one of these down, so get ready.
2: Okay, 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 okay. So the eye color. The eye color to the vampires indicates if they eat off of humans or if they eat off of animals. So if they're gold or like a golden brown topaz color, they eat off of animals. But if they're red or like a burgundy color, they eat off of humans. So like the AccuView color... <laughs> yes, correct. Well, it just helps that you they as put a, in for that day. <laughs> if you're just, you know, watching it, if you're new, yeah, if you're new to it, you're watching it, watching the movie. Fun fact, and you don't know the. That's why James has red eyes and mm-hmm. Edward has topaz color eyes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they got like a group discount
0: <laughs> on those contact lenses.
3: Probably first ones in line, like at the Halloween store when it opens up to go. Yeah. Around.
0: Like, they mark their calendars for October 1st. They,
3: like, load up on the lenses. Especially mm-hmm. when they want to fool people, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, oh, don't worry, animals. Cut-tah, cut off your head. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Kerwin, I think you talked about this. Uh, Robert Pattinson was playing uh, the piano. So that's actually him playing the piano in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was one of my fun facts. But, yeah, just basically that Robert Pattinson's very talented mm-hmm. and amazing. Yeah. You okay, Elizabeth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the eyes. <laughs> Lock my mouth and throw away the key. <laughs> I would say that's probably the fun ones.
1: Oh no, are there unfun ones?
2: No, not really. Well, it was 22 degrees when they filmed the prom part.
1: Celsius or Fahrenheit?
2: Fahrenheit. Oh, that's cold. Damn. That's cold for us, right? That's freezing.
1: Yeah, if it's below (laughs) 65, I don't want any part of it.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: All right, everybody, let's move on to Trash and Treasure. Elizabeth, tell us your Trash and Treasure for uh, Twilight.
0: I'll try to save some trash for some other people. Uh, Her mouth hanging open 99.9% of the time, even in the first five minutes. Uh, She says, nice... When the guy says, nice ride, when she pulls up in her very old truck, she says, thanks. And it's like, why respond? Like, if somebody who I don't know says something rude to me, like, I don't respond. Like, I think it's just like... I I wish she would have, like, flipped him off.
1: Okay. I got to respond to this. Go for it. Because he says nice ride and the girl next to him like hits him and he's like no i was being serious like i liked the truck like immediately after she says thanks like a girl hits him or somebody hits him on the shoulder like dude that's fucked up and he's like no i was being serious i liked the truck i actually liked it
0: interesting because i had
1: the same response as you and then when that moment happened because i paused and i was like oh what a dick thing to say and then when i press play again like somebody hit him and he's like, no, I actually like her truck.
2: So take it back. It's mm-hmm. not a trash.
0: <laughs> I just think I'm already on this train and so I'm sticking to it. Oh my God. If I don't, if I don't know you and I have this beat up old truck and you're complimenting it, like I'm going to assume you're being a dick. So like for her to go into that and like say thanks, I think it just, it's just like you can just not respond either. Like that's, that's the road I take the majority of the time is like, let me just not respond because if they are being a dick, then I don't look stupid. And if they're being genuine, like you didn't flip them off at least. Like, so just don't say anything. Like, just don't say anything back. The awkwardness is uncomfortable. Uh, The objectification, my girl, new toy. Like all of the things that they're saying to describe her is just like, making me want to vomit. The mouth movements. What does that sound like? Uh, sucking your lips against your teeth, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, like what is? Everyone's doing it again. I don't understand. I don't understand it. It's awkward to look at. Jason was looking over at me every ten seconds, like, what in the fuck are we watching right now? Uh, the music and narration is awkward, uncomfortable. Uh, his very 90s, 2000s contact lenses, like I mentioned before, the, the AccuView color pack. Oh One of them says, I don't like cold, wet things. That's- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, does that mean you like warm, dry, hard things? Like, what do you mean? Like, what? Like,
2: why? Like, you really said that with a straight face. She's saying that because she is used to Florida where it's not as <laughs> <Don't> wet. not <stay. laughs> There's
0: That's a boring. billion other ways to say that. Yeah. Other than I don't like cold, wet things.
1: I don't She's like uh, ice water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cold, I cold, wet things. <laughs> I don't
0: like the colder climate. She's 17. Like, sure. But like... Okay. Use words. Okay. <laughs> I said again. The mouth movements are disturbing. It's the black kid whose car almost hits Bella. They only have... One? Is it one black person in the entire movie?
1: No, no. You have the black vampire that Jason has tattooed on his arm.
0: Laurent. 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 Oh, okay. So there's he's in the Volturi, right? Yeah. Okay. And then there's the... Tyler. Single black kid in the entire school. Yes. And that's the kid that happens to almost hit Bella. Like, really? That's the kid you're going to pick? And then the way the dad talks to him, I'm just like...
1: What an asshole. And
0: the way the mom doesn't say anything back, I'm like, what reality are we... Like... What reality are we living in right now? Like, what in the hell is happening? Um, Edward and Bella are so close when they're talking about the beach trip. Like, they're at the salad bar or something, and he's, like, almost touching her forehead as they're talking. You guys met, like, two days ago. (laughs) Like, why are you talking that close to each other?
2: Can I I tell you why? Yeah, tell tell us the source material story. uh, So the reason why is because he is... Immediately, like infatuated with Bella, so that's I think healthy. This is, <laughs> I think this is this is showing you as a viewer that probably has not obviously read the book, is it's showing the connection that they immediately have with each other, that is trying to give the viewer like Edward is all in for Bella, and you know it's going to be hard to stop him. Basically, he wants her. He still doesn't go to the beach. Um no he doesn't because it's on the reservation.
4: Mm.
2: And he can't step foot on the reservation because they have a pact with the because it'll werewolves. turn into diamond dust or No, oh, okay. um, because they have a pact with the werewolves, so you mm. can't go on the reservation. Mm. So that's why he doesn't go. Okay. Mm. Fun fact. Mm. <laughs> Source
0: looks, material. Does it make sense? <laughs> it so does. I have so much clarity right now. <laughs> Because has got
1: those red contact lenses. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm seeing a whole new light. (laughs) He's protective over her. So I guess this is this kind of, I guess, I guess makes sense now. He's protective over her. Um, He tells her at the restaurant, but he's known her for, and then I put a bajillion question marks. Like, how long have they known each other at this point when they're at the restaurant and he's telling her,
2: like, I'm protective over you, and it's like, but we met, like, three days ago is what it feels like to me. He's, he's super protective over her because she's very clumsy. She's very like, well, this is how she's supposed to be portraying. Like she's very clumsy. She doesn't know any sort of like inside of danger. So like she's very childish. She's, she's very, very childish. sheltered. No, no, seriously. She can't do anything for herself. So like when she's, she goes to a bookstore in the middle of, you know, of this town or in the town or whatever, and those guys are like trying to get her or whatever. That's when he shows up because he knows, like, he needs to watch her. He needs to make sure that she's safe at all times. I mean, it's it does it's a little creepy, but he is like watching over her.
0: It's beyond creepy, and but it's, it's because also he, loves,
2: he already loves her. He wants her. So disturbing.
0: Um, I can't dance. I could always make you my face when that exchange happened i was just like wait
1: who says which line
2: robert, Patton, robert pattinson says that to kristen
0: stewart
1: so he says i can't dance and she says i can make you no
2: i think it's opposite oh i'm sorry yeah 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 she says
1: she, she says, says i can't, I can't dance. dance and he's
2: like it's okay i'll i could always make you i could always make you if he were to tell me that i'd be like <laughs> do it dropped do
1: it okay but like he's he's like 17
2: but he is he but is he
0: seventeen? No, he's twenty-one, and she's seventeen. <laughs> no,
1: I'm saying like his he's character. Like, is, no, oh, he's hundred and eight. Yeah, he's like yeah, but he's like seventeen. So like, what if a fucking high school junior walks up and is like, "I can make you dance by the way, I'm a vampire. I'm hundred and eight, so you <laughs> got to worry about But he's not that.
2: seventeen. I don't know. I'm in,
1: I'm in the eyes of society. He still appears. <laughs> I don't know his uh, his report card says he's. He's a high school His junior. His report
2: card is A+++, because he's been taking that class 17 million times already. He could still be tried as an adult is the moral of the story.
3: True, true.
2: Uh,
3: yeah, Edward's not too bright. He's been held back a lot.
0: <laughs> How
2: many times do we have to take these high school classes before you get it through your thick skull? Just
0: drop out,
3: man. Oh my god, that's,
2: that's why you guys have to keep watching the series. You have to keep watching that. He knows a lot about everything. Yeah, we'll get right on that. <laughs> wow!
0: <laughs> I put the CGI as trash. The uh, wire work stuff was just junk. Like I, I'm like I can't even. There's already so many obstacles for me to try to fully immerse myself in this movie because it's just uncomfortable. And like the conversations are awkward, and the makeup is bad, and like I, I like there's so many things. And then on top of that, like the CGI and the wire work is, but like I can't. I can't even suspend reality for a second to like even get into this. Like there, there's no way. The odd filming angles make me seasick. Like there's parts where they're shifting the camera angles in all these weird ways and it's like, I think you're trying to be artistic but it's just like weirding me out. Like I can't I can't understand why they did that. Um, the fight on the baseball field where they're like hissing at each other. Jason and I were laughing uncontrollably at that point. <laughs> like it's like we're really okay yeah we're yeah we're doing this and and they're like legit scared like it's just like it just makes me think of like those kids in high school that that did stuff like that that you were like laughing at like I'm not scared of you I'm concerned for your mental health but I'm not scared of you um I need some wine to go with all this cheese the dancing the singing the lines um so yes that is all my trash I actually said it also, but I'm sure there's more. <sighs> treasure Jacob, Jacob is a treasure. Uh yeah, I would say, probably back when we watched it, I was definitely all in love with Jacob. I'm still team Jacob, just because Edward is weird. Wow, Wow. <laughs>
2: The
1: divide treasure. I can feel this table splitting. Yeah, (laughs) it is.
0: It is cracking right down the middle.
3: That's just from the wind. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, there's
0: that too? Bella's strong, independent woman talk, um, convincing her friend to ask the dude to prom and not wait around. Like I was like, nice. Like that's cool. Like you can't do this stuff for yourself, but you can convince other people to do it. Like that's Mm -hmm. cool more playing while they're trying on dresses and like the little prom dress thing. Like that was cool because it took me back. That's cute. Uh, I'm jealous of Edward's hair volume. Like if he could send me his stylist information, that would be great.
2: He had extensions in. They added extensions. Sorry. See, don't <laughs> he, I'm, you know, I'm just gonna. But you know what?
0: You can have extensions. <laughs> Anyone want. can do anything they want.
1: Including making somebody dance. <laughs>
0: exactly I'm just so heartbroken right now like I thought that that was real and it's not and it just makes you realize everything is fake if it looks good it's fake just just note that down Jason was trying to do work but kept getting distracted by this cinematic masterpiece that was a treasure um, he had his laptop out, but like I would just catch him staring at the TV, and I was like, I think he kind of likes this
3: movie. Yeah. You blew my secret.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now everyone knows. I, I knew it. And my final treasure is the T nine texting that Bella's mom is doing. I was like, man, this feels like 2008 all over again when you had to press like the the number one button three times to get to the C. Like I know you kids that are probably listening to this don't know what I'm talking about, but. Um, Ask your mom, because she was definitely (laughs) doing texting that way. It's
3: number two button, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You would know. I still use that.
0: (laughs) On your flip phone? Yeah. On your sidekick? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, the end of my treasure and my trash.
1: All right. So, uh, my trash and treasure. I'm going to just go with my treasure real quick. Uh, I also agree with bella uh telling homegirl to ask the dude out to prom get yours you know what i'm saying exactly uh so i appreciated that i thought her dad was cool i liked her dad you know i felt bad that she had to lie to him to get away and then she was back the next day in the hospital but whatever that's the writing but i was like you know her dad's pretty chill got her a car like his homies hooked her up with the with the car he got the wheels for her when it was raining or snowing or whatever weather it was he seems like a like a pretty nice guy. I wonder what happened with him and the mom. Maybe she was hogging the computer. Who knows? Oh. <laughs> uh, Laurent is cool. Uh, he's the one black vampire. Because he's just like, oh, no. Y'all don't kill people? Okay, we'll chill. But this dude, he's fucked up. He's going to go after you, so you shouldn't. Go after him. So I appreciated him being. I mean, when you have one black person almost hit your main character with a car, you should have the other black person like offset that. So I was just like, I mean, maybe that's the thing.
2: Wait till you see the next movie.
1: Are there two black vampires? No,
2: maybe go, three. No plot twist.
1: Oh no, he's, Laurent. Don't spoil it.
2: I'm not, but he you has, should watch it.
1: Is his first name Yves Saint? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> you seen
1: Uh, And then, uh, you know, I I do appreciate that uh, Bella's the more assertive person in that dynamic with Edward. You know, like we talked about earlier, I kind of felt like there were glimpses of her independence or independent acting or thinking or whatever. But, you know, um, I feel like I don't know how it is in the book, but I definitely felt like she was not with the bullshit that Edward was throwing at her. I felt like she was pressing him more to have his... Shit together, as opposed to her. She knew what the fuck she wanted, and she was all about it. So I appreciated that. Um, but that's that's most of what my uh, my treasure is. Uh, the trash, uh, you know. This whole situation, you know. Her mom wants to go on a road trip with her stepdad, so now she has to change locales entirely. No friends in Phoenix. No other places she can stay. Why not just have her mom like die or be an unfit parent, and that's how she ends up with her dad? I kind of feel like, ah. Uh, we're you know, we're going you know, me and your stepdad are gonna enter the bone zone, the cross country bone zone and <laughs> you're gonna to have to go to fucking forks. Like Yeah, you gotta
0: figure this out. Yeah. I can't hang out with you for two more years. Yeah.
1: Bye. Yeah, it's just like me and your stepdad are gonna go spoon so you go to Forks.
4: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. ah.
1: That was a good one. Yeah. Um, and then um, you know, when she <laughs> goes up to Like, her first day there, and she runs into Jacob, and Jacob is just like, hey, it's me, Jacob. We used to make mud pies when we were little. And I'm like, what kind of mud pies, Jacob? (laughs) What kind of mud pies? With real mud? Or figurative mud? I don't know. And then, you know, Taylor Lautner's fake-ass wig. I'm sorry. That shit is fake. That's not his real hair. That shit is fake as fuck. I was not feeling that shit. Um, And then uh, when Bella walks into the classroom and Edward puts his hand into his mouth, like, yo, my guy looked like he just let off the biggest nut on planet Earth, like, like he he is just like squirming like, like the the whole fucking time. Like this dude, this dude, his pants his pants turned white.
2: It was it was weird. Wasn't it so believable though that he was in so much agony? I
1: don't know if it was agony. Like, oh come on, like,
2: he's in class. Uh, he, I don't he, know. The, the fan was going. Nah, and his hair was like. Nah,
1: I don't know about Edward, but when I nut, it doesn't hurt. So. <laughs> His uh, pants
2: turned as
0: white as his dad's face. Exactly, <laughs>
1: his um, pants were epoxy. <laughs> he,
0: <laughs> he,
1: he takes them off and they're like rigid as fuck, just like
3: paper <laughs> <Kate for> maché. <Michelle. laughs>
1: and then, um, you know, what the hell is up with the ketchup pour? When she's at the diner with her dad. So Bella pours the ketchup from the bottle and then she just keeps like shaking it horizontally. Like she's topping herself off. And I'm like, that is a squeeze bottle. You don't need to to shake a squeeze bottle like that. She's like doing it like it's one of those like glass bottles that are just open mouth. And I'm like, the fact that they lingered on that for like a second and a half was just hilarious. We're dying.
2: Did you notice that no ketchup came out too? Nope. not not one drip of ketchup came out of the bottle when she was shaking it. Yeah, she
1: squeezed it and there was ketchup and then when she's just shaking it, there's like nothing and I'm like, kid, (laughs) what are you doing? She's playing with it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then Robert Patton's face is like caked up. Like, my boy looks like a sheet of paper. Um... (laughs) And then Edward is just like so rude after he saves Bella, especially at the plant nursery, just like gaslighting, telling her what to feel and not feel. And then Bella, when she comes home from the field trip, and her dad says like, "Oh yeah, I was on the phone with your mom. She seems different. She seems happy." And I'm like, "Yeah, because she just fucking dumped her kid on you. Like she's free now. Like of course she's happy." Um, you know, uh, Jacob telling Bella about how his family is like descended from wolves, and Bella says like. What like wolves? And I'm like, no, motherfucker, not like wolves. <laughs> wolves. Actual like, wolves. Yeah. He says, yeah, we're descended from wolves. And she's like, wolves? Like wolves? And I'm like, there's no like here. <laughs> there's no simile. Like it is. It is what it is. Um, as soon as Edward says, quote, like uh, he says, um, I need to show you what I look like in the sun. Like I knew there was like a shirtless or open chest scene come in. Like we knew that shit um you know when Edward is like educating Bella as to why he's so dangerous he's like you can't outrun me I could kill you you can't fight me off I'm the most dangerous predator and I'm like wow this dude is just reading his tinder profile just what the fuck (laughs) and then you know is this what the kids do when they're in love they lay in a meadow and just lay there like I was getting like mad attack of the clones vibes from like Anakin and Padme Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, I need to find me some grass and roll in it. (laughs) Uh, That'll be a date. Um, The characterization of Edward going from like this confident person to this wishy-washy person to when him and Bella finally like get together, he's got his sunglasses on, he comes out of the car, like he's Swag. like like all swagged down and shit. He's got the fucking grin the first time and only time he smiled the entire movie. And I'm just like, dude, you're feeling yourself. I'm like, it just felt so like inconsistent with the character to me for some reason. Like, it's
0: because they actually, you know, but they don't show that part. Uh,
1: <laughs> so instead it's, of... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good, you're good.
2: <laughs> I was just gonna say, it's finally his time where he... Feels like he can like be himself and he can be open and show everybody like this is my girl. This is you know like a new me because I found my person. Because
0: I found some vagine
2: So oh life
0: is good now.
1: So instead of P and V, would it be V and V? Because he's a vampire. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it would be D D and
1: DDMV. He's got that diamond tick. Um The baseball scene. The baseball scene. Like, this shit is straight out of a Power Rangers episode. I was like, where the fuck is this coming? Was that in the book?
2: Yes. Why? Can I explain? Please do. Okay. So, in the book, I feel like this was a great scene. Because, okay, all vampires are supposed to be extremely strong. Extremely fast. So, like the thunder when the thunder is hitting the bat there it's basically like timing it so when people hear thunder they're not hearing like the strength of the vampire hitting the ball because it sounds like extreme so that's why you know they tie in the whole thunder
1: it just seemed kind of random though it's just like
2: it was like a family it was a family get together they love to do like a baseball game together. I think this is where the Mormon thing
0: comes in. It's like, hey, we don't drink, we don't party, we don't drink coffee, don't do any of that stuff. You know what we do? We play a good old game of family baseball. Family
1: Mm -hmm. baseball. Just like the first episode of Succession on HBO Max. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's all I can think about. I was like, it's the fucking first episode of Succession when I watched it. Uh, when they're back at the Cullens' place and set enough to drive Bella out, you know, like after she gets attacked and like the, the other vampires come up, and then it feels like a setup scene from Fast and the Furious because they're like loading up the cars and then fucking like Carlisle is like, no, she's family or whatever, and I'm just like, this is <laughs> this is straight out of family. Fast and Furious, family. dude. <laughs> um, you know, and then the ending part of the movie just happens too quickly. I feel like we go from like this teen romance drama. Like light fantasy drama, all of a sudden to like, you know, James is like a fucking Batman villain playing old tapes of Bella and her mom at the, and he goes to the ballet studio where she used to dance at. And then it's like a low budget show from the CW. And I was more interested <laughs> in the movie when they were figuring out their dynamic. Like, I think that was the most interesting part of the story. It was like, I'm a vampire. I'm old. We, we set up, we've done a lot of world building, which I love. That's my other treasure. Like I appreciate world building in general. And then, like, to go to this like the last twenty minutes of the movie, we have to go into this like fucking Batman villain plot and have a fight and all this other shit. I'm like, I'm like, if you would have just kept it at the pace you were at and kind of resolved it in a dramatic way, I would have appreciated it more. I just kind of felt like this whole thing came out of nowhere. But I know it leads into the other stories, mm-hmm. so it's it is what it is, which I fucking hate saying, but <laughs> that's that's just. But
0: it, is what it, it is, is what
1: it is. It is what it is. I guess. Um, and then. Um, I think the last thing I have really is like um, you know when Edward says Bella you have to move away so I don't hurt you anymore and Bella freaks out and she's like no what are you talking about and I'm like motherfucker you just like unearthed a vampire myth and almost got killed by a rival clan you had your fucking artery and your leg severed but then it's just like they decide not to go their separate ways after that, out of nowhere. There's there's so much flip flopping in this movie. It's like, Bella, stay away. No, I can't live without you.
2: Oh, Edward, I need you in my life. But Edward, you're a vampire. I can't be with you.
1: Uh my name's Jacob and uh my wig is fake and uh <laughs> But I have abs. But I have abs in the next movie. Uh yeah. I'm just kinda like, What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. But that's um Oh yeah. My final my final treasure is I finally learned how to spell Twilight. Yes. Because the entire time I was taking notes, I was spelling like T-W-I-G-H-L-I-G-H-T. So it was like Twiglight. <laughs> so I finally learned how to spell Twilight and not Twiglight. But that's uh, my trash and treasure. Melissa, what is your trash and oh treasure? Oh my gosh.
2: What do you guys want me to start with, trash or treasure? It's up to you. <laughs> Let's start with trash since it's very short. Um, so, <laughs> okay, Kerwin, you're so right the wig on jacob was horrific like i feel like they could have done so much better so 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 much better
0: why didn't they just have him wearing like a beanie or something over it yeah and then like it wouldn't yeah. have been as weird i think they did it. well they did point. when when they were at the beach they did but i feel like you could have had a hat you could have a beanie yes. you could have done like any of these other wait wasn't
1: he wearing a hat when he had his wig on? Or am I tripping?
2: No, he didn't. Okay. No, there's parts of it where he doesn't have, it's just the straight wig and it's like. It was horrible. <laughs> um. So Jacob is actually supposed to be like well over six feet tall. Taylor Lautner is like five, eight and a half.
1: Wow. We should get you and Holly in a room together. Oh really? Gosh. Seriously?
2: Tall. Well, it bothered me because he's tall. supposed to be like, looking over Bella, and he's supposed to be this, like, muscular, you know, like, tall... He tried. ...guy (laughs) with long... (laughs) Well, it's definitely my trash. Jacob is definitely my trash. Team Edward all the way. Another one of my trash is, uh, like Kerwin was saying, Kristen Stewart's acting at the end of the movie when she's in the hospital... She's just like hooked up to oxygen and she's just like oh, what do you mean you're gonna leave? Like ugh. she just she's a terrible actress in that scene. Mm. I I thought she was terrible. Okay, so the running through the forest. <laughs> that was it was really bad. That part was really bad. Is that
3: where she's like on his back?
2: Yes. It was way really we bad. Dying laughing. <laughs> we were dying. It was really cringy that and part. Was I was cheesy! Like, what in the hell? Yeah, I, like I I mean, why? But how else could have they could they have done it? You know, like care- <laughs> no, I know, but he's supposed to be like super fast, like you know, like a flash. But I don't know how it would have been. I, I just mean,
0: think like different. have him like run around in a circle, you know, like and come back to where she's standing <laughs> instead of this weird fucking like. <laughs> hop on my back like a
2: video game character (laughs) well he was he was teaching her not teaching her he was showing her how fast he is he was kind of like showing off right but like have her stand right here and then have him like run around four
0: trees and then she like turns around and he's right there again like, like, there's run, a way to do that without like, that. Like, run
3: off screen or something. Exactly. And then, like, be on the other side. And then have
0: her, her yeah. like, blink, and then he's back. You know, like, there's, there, they could have disguised the shitty CGI a whole lot better. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, okay, so to my treasures, um, my number one treasure, Robert Pattinson. You mean? Edward. 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 Oh. I need you, Edward.
4: I need I you to turn me, Edward. But-
1: Please turn me into a vampire, Edward. Oh uh, no, Bella! I can't do that. Uh, yo, Bella! I can't do that. Uh, you can't be a vampire, Bella. You uh, yeah, you can't be a vampire. Oh my
4: god! You can't win.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Robert Pattinson, so I thought he was beautiful. Um, the sin the scenery, the cinematography of the movie was really pretty. You know, like how they're showing. Portland and all the scenes everywhere. I, I know that there's, um, the main areas of where the movie was shot. They're actually areas where fans can go and see cause they've turned into like almost like historical areas now. Oh, I love the chemistry between, um, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. It was believable to me. Like it was cheesy, but it was believable based off of reading the book like Robert Pattinson did a really good job showing how much he wanted to protect Bella and how he was very territorial over Bella and Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick didn't have enough scenes. She is hilarious. I love how she was like pretending to care when she was talking about the Cullen family. And she's like, they don't really like talk to anybody, you know, but it, it doesn't bother me, but whatever. You know, she doesn't make a big, she doesn't want to make a big deal about it, but obviously it bothers her, but she's hilarious in it. She didn't have enough scenes. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it. Uh,
1: Jason, uh, the world is uh, waiting to hear what you have to say about this, this movie and just, just tell us how it changed, changed your life. What is your trash and treasure? <laughs>
3: Thank you, Kerman. Um I, I just want to put it out there. I wasn't originally selected to be on this podcast, mm-hmm. so I didn't take notes. So I have notes that Elizabeth took of what I said while watching the movie. Um, I agree with a lot of your guys' trash. Not the treasures, but the trash for sure. <laughs> I don't have any treasures on this list. I only have trash. But the first note that Elizabeth took of me was just the opening scene, the first scene in, in class when they're all sitting there. I just, I just said what the fuck is going on here, and again, I'm kind of watching intermittently between looking on my laptop and, and watching this movie. But he was I, mostly watching. Yeah, they had so much makeup or powder caked on their fucking face, especially. I feel like one of the worst ones was the dad, the the Cullen family dad.
4: Carlisle. Yeah. Yes.
3: Oh my god! There's a couple scenes when they like they show him really close up, and it's just. I think they're like in the ER or whatever. And it's just caked on his face, and I guess I said the paste. How much paste did it take? Do they do the full body? It looks like it looks like someone slapped the shit out of him with the powdered donut. <laughs> so yeah, that was a trash.
2: Because he's a pale, he's a pale face.
3: That's cool. That sounds kind of racist. <laughs> I
2: know. But whoa, come on. whoa. <laughs> character.
3: It made Elizabeth and I look really tan watching this. I was like, I'm pretty pale, but fuck these guys fucking they live in a basement. Um, um when he goes to do the whole stand in the sunlight with the you know whatever showing his like sparkle. Ref- his diamond or, dick. Yeah. And he and he says um, this is the skin of a killer, Bella. And and I was, I just like, is that the best line you can come up with?
2: Oh, come <laughs> on.
3: And I was like, why isn't, why isn't, why isn't the Rihanna song playing Shine Bright Like a Diamond? going in the background.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, Edward hates himself. He why? hates him. He hates himself because he wants to eat humans. So he hates himself. He hates that he has that urge and that he's a vampire and he wants to kill everybody. So he's like, "Look at me, I'm a piece of shit."
1: Yeah, I wish that was more explicit in the movie, at least. Maybe I mean, in the book it is, but, but in, like in the movie, it needs to be more explicit. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
3: This one's a little graphic. Um, <laughs>
2: oh geez. here we go.
3: He says, he says, <laughs> Edward says to Bella at one point, um, "I've never wanted a human's blood so much." And I was just like, "Well, Bella could have said, Well, about once a month, I could help you.'" Out. <laughs>
1: Dog. Dog. Um. Okay, okay. can I just say something real quick? So, back in college... (laughs) I
4: thought you were saying, I'm going to cut that one out. No,
1: No, back in college, we used to have this joke. You know, fuck this, I'm not cutting this out. No, you know, it it might go to bloopers. But back in college, we used to have this joke where it's just like... If you go down on a girl while she's on her period, you're Team Edward. And if you go down on her while she hasn't shaved, you're Team Jacob. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <She's>...
1: <laughs> oh That's God. the best oh
0: thing God. I've
4: ever heard.
3: <laughs> I think Edward says, you're my own personal heroine. And I just said, well, maybe she maybe we should just try real heroin. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> um... And then the last thing was just that when the credits rolled, I just said, that was a waste of money because we had to pay three ninety nine to watch it. I told y'all. <laughs> I know. I, I, I looked at her yes. too, and she's like, oh, the, the crewman said they're on Netflix. I was like, oh, sweet. We'll have to pay for this one. And I was like, thinking in the back of my head, I was like, I know it's going to come off of Netflix soon. I remember hearing that. We get on there, and of course, it's the day after it comes off Netflix. So thank it's you. It's like as
0: soon as yeah. the start, credits start rolling, Jason goes, well, that was a waste of money.
3: Yeah. But yeah, that's, and again, I don't have any treasure, um, except for one, the one black uh. vampire. He was my treasure. Yeah, yes.
0: I, you have, <laughs> you have to have more than that.
2: One. Come on. Just one. 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 Just give her one. Please. Um,
3: so, okay. One treasure. I'll say that I think this is a great way to introduce, um, maybe teens or younger people to vampires because they're not horrifying or scary at all in this movie. Um, when you watch like The Lost Boys or you watch something like other vampire movies, you get more frightened. So this is a great way to introduce them to it because these guys are, they just hiss like cats and stuff like that. They don't really <laughs> make you feel like scared. You can definitely go to sleep at night after watching oh. this movie. They just
0: gaslight you and desperately want to have sex yeah. with you. So it's That's very, not scary.
3: Well, yeah, I'm just saying from um, like a horror movie genre kind of take, it's not frightening at all. So
2: that's a slap in the face. Oh, my gosh. That, that,
3: hey, that would,
1: hey, hey, some people like that.
3: <laughs> so that, that'd be it. That's my trash and one treasure.
1: Oh, there you go. Well, you have the black guy, so two. Oh, yeah, yeah. too. So, so that's fam- my trash and treasure. The family crest is the black guy. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And then it says, I write like a diamond. <laughs> that is the Lucas family crest. <laughs> get ready. God. It's going to be everywhere. Oh, All right, now. We get into ticket prices, Gotham. Um, Elizabeth, how much are you paying to watch Twilight?
0: I hate going first. <laughs> I can't. Like I, there's no part of me that ever wants to watch this again. I do not wanna watch the other ones, but I probably will because you know when you sign up for the first movie in a franchise, you sign up for them all. (laughs) And so I will have to watch the other ones. But um, I think the only reason I watched this to begin with was for my best friend, Melissa. And that's the only time I will ever watch it again is if she has it because I know she owns it on DVD, Blu-ray, digital copy, (laughs) has backups on every single thing she owns. You know it. So that's the only way I'm watching this again. Like I just, it was unpleasant all the way around. So zero dollars.
1: So I was talking to Fernanda about this, uh, like for the past week. And so we watched it together last weekend and I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, this movie sucks, but it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like i found myself just being like oh what the fuck's gonna happen next and asking questions and all this other shit and by the time it was over i was just like huh i thought it would have felt longer i thought it would have been more horrible i'm a kind of person that appreciates world building so when you give me the first movie of a series when you can kind of see the pieces like being built for like what might come, you know, it's like why I gave Aquaman such a high rating because I appreciate the world building that they're doing. Um, and then it was funny because like immediately after we watched Twilight, we're just like, "Well, this shit's off Netflix tomorrow. Want to put in the next movie?" So we just press play on the next fucking movie, and we we started to watch the next movie, but we're a little too tired, so we went to sleep. But like like the fact that I was even willing to watch the next movie right after, I'm gonna give this movie. Like a very, 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 very low five. I'm going to give this movie like five bucks. Because it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And from what my sister, you know, shout out to Michelle, told me is that everything gets worse from here. So expect some zeros in the future, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go $5 for for Twilight. Uh, Melissa.
2: Take a wild guess, everybody. A wild $25. guess. $25. $100. Okay,
1: we, we don't do that. I
2: know. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, all around. 100% any day, any time of the day, my birthday, any day. My wedding day, doesn't matter.
1: $20. Jason, how much are you going to pay? Zero. All right. Oh so, um, with that being said, uh, how much are we paying to see Twilight?
3: We we're paying two dollars and fifty cents.
1: <laughs> I don't think we've ever gotten I'm that. I'm just kidding. It's double. not that low. Oh. oh, for real? Oh <laughs> yeah. shit.
3: We're paying. Well, it's because of Melissa. We're paying six twenty-five.
4: Yes. What? <laughs> six
1: twenty-five to see Should Twilight.
4: 20.
1: 20. 20. All right. So we all good with that? No. I, I honestly didn't expect the 20. I thought you were going to be. I'm happy
2: with your five, though. I'm so happy with it's, your five.
1: It's not that bad. Like, it, the movie is not that bad. Like, I've seen worse. And honestly, like I said, the fact that we were willing to press play on the next one, and I was kind of like, okay, let, let's see what fucking happens. I was like, five bucks, but it's a low five. But either way, yeah. So, six twenty five, right? Uh right? Now, would that price be higher if Tom Cruise was in this movie? And uh, who would he play?
2: Oh, I have one. Uh, James, because James, the the one that they kill, (laughs) because he was a vampire. Tom Cruise played a vampire in Interview with the Vampire. So I feel like Tom Cruise in Interview with the Vampire, he was evil, mean, wanted to kill everybody. So I feel like James meets that perfect Tom Cruise storyline based on that movie.
1: Uh, I would say he could be uh, Carlisle. I don't know. Who knows? I like it. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. He could be the truck. <laughs> he could be the truck. Oh, also, another trash. Why are there no forks in this movie? Like, well, there's no Fork Museum. There's no Fork Mobile. There's no Fork Man and Spoon Robin. There's like, no
0: Fork Parade. Yeah.
1: Like, what the fuck? There's no forks. For yeah. Fork's sake.
0: Who knows? There's a lot of spooning, but there's no <laughs> <laughs> oh man alright um, well
1: that's that's all we gotta say about twig light
0: wait uh, I didn't say who was gonna be oh twigs. yeah I'm
1: sorry I'm sorry
0: um, I had multiple people at first I thought Jacob because their heights are so <laughs> yes going out yeah. same height um, no but that was a joke uh, I maybe uh, Bella's dad could be Charlie yeah kind of
2: goofy little dude mm.
1: Little wow,
2: short king, short
4: king.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jason. Yeah. I don't know, he could be Bella, I guess.
4: Oh my <laughs> gosh, Stop. hey, they'd it'd be age
1: appropriate at that point. Yeah, it's like, Whoa, Edward, calm down, he's half your age. Yeah, but he's only half my age, yeah. and
0: only half my height and similar teeth. I was waiting, for likes <laughs> to show them a lot. Wow,
1: wow. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's it for uh, Twiglight. And uh, in the words of Tom Cruise, shine bright like a diamond. Yeah. That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket for more content. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. So like me and my girlfriend were hanging out uh, this morning, and then uh, I had said something to her. She's like, "Oh my god!" Like uh, Jacob says something like so similar in the books, and I was like, or in the in the movies, and I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Now nah, I feel corny as fuck." She's like, "So you know, you're kind of like Jacob," and I was like, "Why?" Because his last name is Black.
4: Oh uh,
0: <laughs> my <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason he's calling.
1: No, there's no,
3: not. Okay. Hello. What up? What up? What's up, dude? Are you guys uh, recording? That's how yeah, she's on it too. Oh
1: shit,
3: my bad. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll text you guys because I'm driving. What time are you guys gonna be done? 4:30. With recording? Yeah, probably around 4:30. Alright, cool. All right, sweet man. Right, bye. Later. Told you it was nothing. Logan and Richard in the garage.
1: Oh, Okay, I'll go. Hey, what's up, fellas? All right. <laughs> Damn, he just said, We aren't fellows. Huh? Damn, he could have said the other fellows, but you know, he said the fellows.
0: He's like, You don't watch
4: Twilight?
1: He's like, he's like, it's guys,
4: a no from me. Your guys'
1: penises just went, <laughs>